Welcome to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast, where a group of budget-minded hunters scour the woods for whitetail bucks and whatever other big game is in season. Tune in each week to hear the hilarious public and private land hunting stories and mistake-filled lessons learned. We believe that every hunt brings us closer to God and that we exist to share the good news. And now, your hosts, Christian Babcock and Jake Gaylord. So, hey, everybody, welcome back to the Hunter's Advantage podcast. Today, we're joined by CJ Alexander. For those of you guys that don't know, I don't know how you don't know, but shot one of the one of the biggest typical bucks that I, I've ever seen. And I think most people uh, that live in North America have, too. Um, potentially, the new Ohio State record it could be the number one all-time typical, I think, as well, depending on the common base stuff. But, CJ, thanks for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. It's been a whirlwind lately. I'm sure for you, there's a ton of stuff going around about the buck. Everybody's got an opinion. Um, how's, how's things been going for you lately? Just since you shot the buck, did your podcast and magazine tour, and then, you know, all the other stuff started stirring up. A lot of messages and stuff, mostly positive. I mean, every once in a while I'll get people comment like poacher or stuff like that. And I'll have a picture of a nighttime picture with their deer and i'm just like all right well it's a nighttime picture so you must have poached it i mean mm-hmm. <laughs> but i mean for the most part a lot of people reaching out saying that the story motivates them to get out there and honestly that was my whole part and even wanting to do any podcast in the first place was to give the credit to god because in the end i got lucky and i believe it was divine intervention and to motivate people who may not have like the most money or stuff like that and let's be honest this sport's turning into if you got money you can go kill these deer and lack of access and stuff like that but you also never know man if you're sitting on the couch or sitting at home if you're not out there you ain't gonna kill nothing i can promise you anytime i hit one with an arrow it's divine intervention (laughs) 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 oh man so there's been a there's been a ton of you know, I'm sure it's a mixed bag of people supporting you, people wanting to dog on you. Today, we just wanted to walk through a few different things. Talk about the story of the buck, some, um, how big buck stories tend to go, yeah. and then maybe some of the stuff that uh, you're facing, and then maybe some stuff that you want to clear up. But so, just getting into that, I think it'd be good for the audience to just maybe start at the beginning. Like, what is the story of? Can you give us a little brief backstory into like? how this how this all happened i mean i know you got a three-hour conversation about it but uh, yeah just just for people that maybe haven't listened to other podcasts about it long story short um i've been helping my parents and my grandfather build houses in tennessee so i've been back and forth for at least a year um decided to leave my job to help them because i mean the contractor took them for 20 grand and they just weren't able the bank didn't know that they were going to build two houses in the first place. So they only had enough money for one. So to fix costs and stuff, I went up there and my dad knows how to do everything. I was just a helping hand. So I know I'm going to get a lot of time to hunt this year, but I also knew that they know how I am about it. So they were going to be okay with me getting out there a little bit. Um, I started hunting mid October sometime, just a lot of public land, um, Fallsville, Tranquility, Caesars Creek, and a lot of people said, 
I don't have a tree stand. That's not true. I don't have a bow. That's not true. I had a center point amped, but the string snapped on me literally before I even got to sit. Luckily, I have a good enough friend who was like, hey, man, like my job don't allow me to hunt during the week i mean he goes in at five gets off at five it's just it's not possible for him so he's like anytime you want to use it he said just let me know and how he is anyways if he doesn't have anything on camera he's not going to go sit so he's like if i ain't got nothing smart man free reign (laughs) yeah but um the day i shot him november 9th the whole reason i went in there is because i talked to my dad earlier that week and i said hey and he's just like, what's up? And I said, think about going to sit at Chrissy's. And he said, I think you should, because he was already putting that in my head all year. That's the whole reason I even went and got this permission slip signed. Um, my dad's killed his biggest deer out there. Uh, the weather, when I was looking at it, it just wasn't good. Super windy. And for where I was going to sit, and to clear this up, people are like, he, he's never been on this property. This property has been in my sister's family for a long, long time. I've been out there since I was two, three years old, walking places I shouldn't have been walking, just being a kid, running around the ponds, running back in those woods. So I know that place. But uh, I was going to sit November 8th, but the wind just didn't line up. So I decided on November 9th, um, end up having my fiance drop me off. And it was to avoid conflict between it's not my stepmom, but it's her mom. She's my half sister. So same dad different moms and that was just for there's no point to give her problems when it's not like i was going to be hunting it every day or anything like that so i had my fiance drop me off i got in probably an hour and a half before daylight got right up in the corner didn't see much all day and when i give these times these are going to be assumptions i don't i didn't have my phone on me so there was no way for me when so when i tell you it's four o'clock that's that's my best guess. You didn't hit him with the three finger trick, you know? Right <laughs> under the sun. I don't know if you guys have ever heard this, but supposedly two hands is supposed to be an hour. And that's, I mean, I've tested that before and it's it's pretty accurate. But nice. I've probably seen four or five deer all day and probably around four, four thirty. I seen what I thought was two does, but it ended up being a doe and a button buck. Now if, if I'm sitting on the tree line, they're coming from like my six o'clock. So they're coming up this tree line and they come to the edge of this pond in this corner and they're feeding back and forth, just grazing, just hanging out back there. End up hearing a sound. It's like, what is that? Looked, didn't hear nothing. End up being his grunt. He heard it again, stood up, turned around. There he was. And it was probably, I pinned it. It was about 120 yards is how far away it was. So he starts coming down this tree line. Um, as he's coming down, the stone notices him. She bolts off into the timber, and he's that's what he was going for. He was on that doe. So he cuts into the woods, gets probably about half the distance, and she ends up bolting back up the pond, and he goes out the same way he just went in and started continuing down that tree line again. Um, about 5 o'clock, he got to, if I'm sitting there, he was probably at my 4.30 right before a log maybe seven, six, seven yards, made a horrible shot. He didn't run, but he hunched over, had his tail tucked, and I've gut shot a deer before. That's I knew I had hit guts, but don't see no blood or anything. No, it's a bad shot. Tried to pull the crossbow back again. Wasn't happening. I had the cocking rope, but um, the way my harness was on, and I don't have a carabiner on my tree thing, 
I can't even think of what that would be, but it's what you clip into. Yeah. So instead of clipping into it, I just tied uh, Prusik knots in it, like five or six of them. So there was no way for me to untie it real quick or anything. But I had my bag hanging on my stand. And I reached down to go get the cocking rope, but I could not get it. So I tried to pull it back. I got it to the safety cock. Couldn't shoot him again. Watched him walk away. And the last place I seen him was probably around 100 yards away, right on that tree line. But at that time, completely dark. Um, with knowing it was a bad hit, not knowing what he was going to do, I said in my head, I'm going to sit here as long as possible. I've never hunted out of a climber. Um, I knew it was going to be loud getting out, but I figure if the longer I wait, if he goes two, 300 yards off, he's probably not going to go anywhere. If he's not going to hear me at least. So I get down out of the stand. Um, I do grab the arrow. I walk up see my fiance and then she what took you to look so long i said <laughs> man i shot a deer and she was like well is it big and i started freaking out saying this is the biggest deer i've ever seen she was like <laughs> kind of blowing me off get home facetime my buddy let him know show him the arrow and he said there's hope just by the way the bolt showed because most of the time if you got shot a deer that like sticky membrane through the stomach and the intestines. That's going to wipe off all the blood. But on the fletchings, probably the last three inches of the bowl, it had like bright pink blood. Almost what you would, almost lung blood is what it looked like. But I knew I didn't hit the lungs. Um, couldn't sleep that night. I have really bad anxiety, depression, stuff like that. So about three in the morning, I took one of my Xanaxes, passed out. Corey was like, no way I'm driving there. Yeah. <laughs> And Corey lives like 45 minutes to an hour away. So he knows he's, he's, I'm not going to sit in my car for hours on end if I don't have to. So when I woke up, I called him. He headed over that way. It was probably, probably about 10, 1030 before we got over to the property. We walked to the left side because this tree line, it's not very thick. So you can see through that ag field. So if he was going to be laying out there, we know right away we have to go ask permission to go get him. So we were trying, since that's the last place I seen him, trying to scan that to stay on her property. Didn't end up seeing him, so we did a complete circle around the property to where I was sitting. Tried to track blood. Corey did find a little bit of blood, but when we got out to the last place I seen him, we were both looking right, still looking in that field. And I went to say something to Corey, smack him on the shoulder. And I looked over, and I seen him laying there dead. And Corey looked at me like, what are you looking at? And looked over and you guys have ever seen the meme of the witch holding the grocery bags high kneeing over over the water? <laughs> That's what Corey looked like going around. The and uh, he thought I exaggerated how big it was because I did that last year. But I was like, I told you, man, I told you. He's like 180, 190. He's like, no, bro. That's that's 200 inch deer. Like, I just <laughs> And uh, we hung out there for a while. Um, we did end up hanging him up. Uh, my fiance didn't get off until five. Sarah got off at like 5.30. She has a DSLR camera, and that's what I want to do. I want to take professional pictures, the best pictures I could get. And we took a picture before we loaded them, but it just wasn't going through my head, man. I know that's one of the things. Like, you ain't got no pictures of him in daylight. I'd be taking 100 pictures. And the investigator that came and talked to me, he even said that. He said, if I shoot a deer a quarter of that size, he said, I'm taking 900 pictures, and I'm sending it to all my buddies. And I get that, man, but I'm just... 
if you need someone to pat you on the back and stuff like like is that why we hunt that's not why i hunt i mean that's why it's, a lot of people do it's, it's yeah. nice <laughs> to get that recognition and stuff i guess but man like in the end and this has taught me this people who are going to praise you just as fast if something comes up are going to hate on you so I honestly don't think either way. Hindsight twenty twenty, I wish I would have took a video and pictures of him where he died, but I didn't, and we are where we are. It kind of seems like that's the common theme when it comes to these. I mean, record breaking deer because we've had Don Higgins on the podcast, we've had Dustin Huff, and both of them has said that. I mean, you get scrutinized very, very hard, even if like you do everything to a T. I mean, there's always going to be whether that be a jealous neighbor or people who just have a stick up their butt, basically saying like, there's no way in heck this could happen. I mean, because Don Higgins had Christian, I think, you know, more more about this than I do. But Don has had one confiscated. Is that correct? Yeah. It, yeah. I think it was the first 200 inch buck he ever shot. It was like a 220 something. And I think someone said that he had poached it. And so they confiscated it from him. And, and the DNR did in Illinois. And they had it for Don shot it legit. I mean, 100 percent. So and but they did confiscate it and he did end up getting it back. But I mean, it just seems like that's the that's the story, whether you poach it or you don't it brings that kind of scrutiny right out of the gate if you shoot something and especially something to the caliber you're talking about. That's kind of yeah. what I was thinking. Like, it's like, does it suck? I mean, I wouldn't want to be in your shoes. Trust me. Like, would I like a 200 incher? Absolutely. But like, <laughs> just with knowing what we know about, like, like the way these type of things go, it's like, you almost need to just kind of like what you said, bring a video camera and just show exactly what all, what all's happening or else. I mean, it's basically kind of like what a lot of people do where it's guilty until proven innocent. Do you guys know who Mike Rex is? The guy that great. Yeah. The Ohio. Him? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. when he, he killed a 200 inch deer, I believe it was like two forty six or something like that. Gross, uh, non-typical. And he actually had been watching that deer for a few years. I believe when he killed it, he ended up going to the game warden's house before he even started tracking or anything, took him out there, showed him his stand, Showed them where the arrow was. They tracked it together and ended up finding it. And he still had people calling in and saying, he didn't shoot that where he said he shot it. He poached that deer. He did this. And, and like, we went out there. Like, we recovered the deer with him. I just, mm -hmm. I hate it, but there's just, that's just part of it, I guess. I don't know if you remember the the Womack buck. It was a few years ago. It was like 2020. is like an eight by eight that got shot in Oklahoma. They thought that deer was going to be the world record typical. It ended up shrinking quite a bit. I think it grossed 201 after the drying, and but it's the new Oklahoma archery state record. It's like 188 and some change. Um, I have a buddy, or Gunner's a buddy, and then Taylor Smith, which is Gunner's best friend. Uh, they're really good buddies, and they said they heard everything from pin rays to they went and got that deer in a high fence in Kansas and then transported it down and mm -hmm. shot it. So, I mean, the possibilities of the stories that people can make up are almost endless when it comes to a big buck. It's like, did you see the seek one deer a few weeks ago where so seek, Kimba. Uh, yeah, Lee Ellis shot that deer in, um, it was Ohio. Yeah. And somebody in Tennessee was like, this is the actual deer. Like this is one that he actually shot it down in Tennessee. Look, here's a picture of that. Buck. It was like what? Five or six years previously. They yeah. killed that buck. That makes I think that was the one on the railroad. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, he just went to the house. If you guys seen the recent post, he actually like compared the racks. It's crazy how similar it is. 
I think CJ, one of the reasons, and I have no idea, like I, we talked on the phone before this, yep. I, I, it's between you, God, and you said there was one more buddy. I think your buddy, Corey, Corey. Yeah, yeah. That would know the truth of what happened in this buck. And I do believe in most instances, there's three sides to a story, right? Mine, yours, and the yeah. truth. And so I, I don't know exactly what happened with this, but the thing is, is like when you talk about a guy stumbling, not stumbling upon, you know, you knew it about the property. You go out there with your crossbow breaks, you borrow another one, you borrow a climber and to shoot a 240 plus inch buck. That sounds so unbelievable that it's like <laughs> the only, the only explanation is like, this can't be legit. Yeah. There's, there's, I mean, no way. but are you, it is, it is Ohio though. So I mean, there's probably a couple of those walking around on every property. I don't I, know. Christian I, gave up after the first day. Yeah. <laughs> Gabe took me to Fallsville. I didn't see a damn deer. So Ohio <laughs> is on my crap list. <laughs> uh, it just depends where you're at, man. I think Ohio and a lot of people would think I'm insane for thinking this. I think Ohio is one of the best whitetail places in the world. I, think I wonder really why you think underrated. that. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not the only deer I've ever killed. Like a lot of people, like the hunter guys, Jeremy and Jared, they're like, he, he's, he likes hunting, but he's not a hunter like us. I never said that. Did I say I got lucky with this deer? Absolutely. But I've been hunting for, I'm 28, started when I was 10. So 18 years. I mean. I've had my fair share shares of failures. I've hunted in stands for two weeks straight, not even seen a deer before. So I've I've had it rough. I've had to learn how to do this. And I think technology and everything makes it easier. Having people like Don Higgins and stuff like that. I mean, you can pick their brains, take a bunch from everybody and make it your own. So I'm sure this is a pretty common commonly asked question, but is that property known for those like type of big deer? Because let's say just bringing up another controversy, like the Mitch Ron Paula book, a lot of people were saying that Mitch, because I, I don't know if you know much about him, but his backstory was, you know, great hunter. He's yep. shot a lot of record book deer mm -hmm. and Traverse city isn't really known for those type of deer, especially those with, you know, a 20 inch spread on the racks. And he shot multiple of those. Yep. And kind of, kind of bring that back to your spot you know, is, is that property known for those big deer? I, I know, I know, uh, Ohio as a state, you know, yeah. obviously holds that, but just your location. Um, there's been a few deer in Clinton County, like that Kenny Pickard buck, which is, I have, it's not my shed. It's Corey's shed. He did some work to get the shed, but it was killed in Clinton County. And I think it was 197 and two eights typical. So, I mean, there's been some giants killed, um, around here. The best deer that I know of killed off of that property before me was my dad's eight. And it was probably like 145. And I know my brother-in-law right now, he's running a camera out there. And there's like 150s with half of his rack broke. I mean, he's he's a decent buck. I'd say a lot of people would shoot it. I, I yeah. would. <laughs> well, those in bucks that are like 200 inch plus, I think are such anomalies. Like you can't ever draw any. Like, it, unless you're the Bomars, it seems like it seems like they kill one. I don't know if it's off the same property every year. I'm sure they have multiple spots, but it's like those deer are such anomalies. I'm sure Gunner, when he shot his 200, 200 plus that eight by eight, it's like, have you ever seen one like that before? It's like, hell no. Been hunting for 20 years. I've never seen one like that before. Like, they're so such oddities. And even in places like Ohio, what I, so I was in Ohio last week for a few days 
after the ATA show. And similar to what you guys were talking about, we drove around Fallsville. Me and Gabe drove all around Southwest Ohio. It amazed me how rural it got without ever leaving like a large population. Like it's like, it seems like you could get into a rural area and there'd still be a cul-de-sac of 20 houses. It's like, why are these people bunched up like this? And it's like, you can never get away with folks, which kind of adds another element to like the unbelievability of it. It's like these properties are so small and segmented. It's like, how can a buck like this live in a place like that and go under the radar in any sense of the word? Yep. I agree. I mean, it's odd. Yeah. I mean, as far as we know, there's one trail camera picture of the deer and it just says power line, which it's a video. People are screenshotting it a lot. And it does say power line edge, which there's power line like three quarters of a mile from my sister's house. But no one knows where this photo or video has originated from. No one's came out about it. And wow. that's the only no. trail camera picture that's surfaced up until like the date you've you've harvested it. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. yeah. There, there's rumors that there's pictures of it on the DA's property the night before or the day of. But let's make this make sense. If I shot it November 9th, recovered it the 10th, me and the ODNR officer went out there November 15th, 16th. Why would it take them till December 22nd to take the deer? Wouldn't happen. There's no way. Within two days, when that ODNR officer knowing who these people are, it it would get out. They'd be like, "Yeah, no way." Especially for a fact. So, what's what was the process of you shoot the buck? You say you recover it the next day. uh, You get the pictures of it. Um, What was the process like when the Ohio DNR guy came out and checked it out? Did you reach out to him? Did he reach out to you? How does that stuff work? Um. Okay, so Mike Rex, because he knows my family's background, I have a brother who's a detective in Highland County. Um, mm-hmm. My dad was a detective there for a long time. And he said it's just better to go ahead and tell them and squish it because we know there's going to be rumors. We know stuff's going to come up. So let's make the initiative. So he reached out. They looked at my uh, profile on the like check-in website or app or whatever, which is my mom's number because I change numbers like crazy. She's like, I'll give you his number, gave him my number. He called me. I called him literally as soon as I woke up. He came over, was like, well, what are you doing today? And I said, Mike Rex is coming over to Green Score. He said, what time? And I was like, honestly, I don't know, two or three. And at this time, it was probably 12, 1230. And he said, do you care to run out there? And I was like, nope, don't care at all. So I got my car. We drove out there, um, showed him the tree, showed him the path it walked. Um, went over to where he found, where we found him dead. Um, he looked for blood, couldn't find it, but there was a spot probably that big still. And it hadn't rained or anything like that, but I said, what's that? And I stuck my finger in it and he's like, it's blood. And I was like, yeah, I said, that's where he died. So that, that makes sense. Um, didn't take no samples, didn't take no pictures. That's what I was about to ask. If, if he was coming out for like, you know, just to, just to see, and you would think that, especially from Ohio, a DNR officer would, would kind of get ahead of the game and kind of know how this type of stuff works. Yeah. Because if, if, if two gurus that, that, that have a, that have a podcast kind of understand this, you would think a DNR officer would understand this and like yeah. try to get ahead of the game, take pictures and try to cover, you know, all these out al- like allegations that he would know would get flooded. Yeah. 
to that office. He didn't even want to go look at the carcass because the carcass, after I had got, I got about a third of the meat off the deer. And after I caped him and everything like that, got the meat off that I took, I drug him out to the tree line just to have him there just for security purposes, basically. Mm-hmm. And I said, the carcass is right there. Do you want to go look at it? And he said, we don't have to. And I was like, I mean, <laughs> I figured you would want to. He's like, I would yeah. go and check it out, I guess. So I was like, there's the entrance, pulled up its leg. I was like, there's where it exited. And he was just like, okay. I said, I can move this around if you want me to. He's like, no. Nah. I was like, you want to go in the <laughs> barn where it was hung up? And he's like, no. Nah. I got everything I need. He said, I'm going to talk to your sister's mom because she was kind of shitty when we first got there. But um, he stayed, talked to her, and then didn't hear from him again. If you were catching somebody poaching or you thought uh, suspected of somebody poaching, I've heard people say, well, you want to – you wouldn't want to show your hand. You wouldn't want to let the guy that allegedly poached the buck uh, know that you're kind of on to him. But from my perspective, not taking a sample or not taking any pictures or just having a mind share, like just my dad was a chief of police. And if yeah. I can imagine if he's like, Hey, I just went to a murder scene. Would you take any pictures? Uh-uh. <laughs> Did you get any samples? Uh-uh. No. It just, to me, that doesn't, I could see it from the perspective if there was no, they didn't think about it in the moment. And then afterwards, once they confiscated and stuff, it's like, now we need to start building up a case for this. But it just seems like a buck of that caliber, they know, hey, this is a potential world record. This is potential number one typical of all time. It just seems like there'd be a little bit more of a proactive approach. See, that's that's what kind of gets me too. Yeah. But this might be a little off topic, and I'm not trying to railroad that, that, uh, that thought, Christian. But did you have any, like, uh, did you have any locks? Did you just absolutely wrap that barn in chains while it was hanging there or, or, or what? Are you just like, okay, if it comes up missing, it comes up missing. No, um, I stayed there and I caped him out and cut all the meat off literally that night before I went to the house. So he didn't even get to hang in there. I had his head and stuff and I didn't last year on my eight point I killed because it's a deer head. I set it on my porch and had ice on it and he was like one fifties. So a respectable deer for sure. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I told uh, told my fiance, I was like, look, this deer's going in the house. She's like, well, where are you going to put it? So I said it in our boys' room. Had them on ice in our boys' room in our house. I wouldn't let that thing leave my sight. Cause, uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it was a few years back, but I shot my biggest buck at the time. And, and I mean, to your standards, might not be that big, but it ended up scoring like 162. And, like, even no, to, to, like, leave my tree stand and go back to the truck and wait for everybody else to get done with their sit before we went and drug it out. Mm. I like literally wrapped it around this tree, the base of my tree, <laughs> just in case like there was a bear, coyote, you know, coot, whatever. Oh, it was not coming off. If that thing happened to spark life again, I could guarantee it. But I couldn't imagine like a 240 inch deer just hanging somewhere and like me not watching it. Yeah. Yeah. He pretty much went everywhere I went in the house, especially after <laughs> I got him caked out the rest of the way the next night and had him skull capped. So, yeah. Who ends up skull capping the deer for you, and where do you go from there? I know within it seems like a couple of weeks you had it scored maybe a couple different times. Like, what's yeah. the what's the process? You shoot this buck, and then how does it? Where does it go from there as far as scoring and all the media no, stuff that comes with that? November eleventh, I uh, ended up taking it out to Hillsboro to my taxidermist and had him finish caping it out and uh, skull cap it. Um, Ed Wait. I reached out to him. Um, a lot of people were telling me to go to Toby, and Toby did end up calling me. And he was like, look, it doesn't matter who scores it. 
like as long as it gets scored, I don't think it'll be no hard feelings one way or another. And I gave Ed my word that I'd let him score it. He was going to be closer to me. So took it up there to, it was around Dayton. So I got it BTR'd there, I think. Like November 18th or so, I would say. Mike Rex came over like the 15th. But honestly, the first week, it didn't really have that much attention. I posted it to my Instagram, and I bet you it was November 20th before it had more than 40 likes. I'd <laughs> send it to 40 people personally if I saw somebody <laughs> shoot that. My buddy from Tennessee posted it on a Tennessee Deer Hunter page because he's like, man, let me post that. Let me post that. And I was like, why? And he's like, I just want to shit on them. I was like, go, go ahead, man. Go ahead. And he's like, all right. So he posted it and people were reaching out to him. Clifford Neems from North American Whitetail was messaging him. I was like, dude, I doubt that's even real. He's like, nah, he's, I think he's real. I Googled him and everything. <laughs> so after that, um, I told Chris, I was like, you can go ahead and post it to your Facebook. Trophy Bucks of Ohio ended up reaching out. They posted it. And after that, it just took off. A million miles an hour. I mean, 30 messages a day from people like wanting to come see it. Um, some antler collectors wanting to buy it. Um, stuff like that. Did you know at the time like what exactly you had? Or I guess when after you shot it, did you like like realize like, oh, I actually have something like really I, crazy here? I knew when I seen him dead in between those ponds. Mm-mm. I know something special. I didn't know how special at the time. I, I'm i the one who scored it originally. Um, I scored it, I think, November 13th. And I was like, ah, I'll probably be a little off, but I know the scoring system enough to where I could get in the ballpark. I got him at 231 and 6 eighths gross, and then I had him at 207 and 6 eighths Small. net. Yeah. And what was my- the net again? The net was 207 and 6 eighths. That's what I had to die. <laughs> yeah. And after I seen that, I was like, oh, wow, that's that's third in the world. Like, I know that's a big deal. And my mom started reaching out to people, and that's how Mike Rex ended up getting a hold of me because he got a hold of her. And he was like, what is score? And she told him, and he's like, who scored it? And she's like, my son. And he was just kind of like, you got a picture of this deer? And she's like, yeah. So she sent the picture to him, and he's like, yeah, I, I want to see this deer. So he kind of reached out and he wanted to come over to the house and score it. He ended up getting it 235, seven eights gross, and then 206 and seven eights net typical. So I was off by an inch. I was an inch bigger on my net and I was four inches short on my gross somehow. Did somebody else score it differently than that? BTR, Ed Waite. He got it at 244, I think, and six eights. And that's total, total inches with spread. So. Mm-hmm. I think there was some points on there because it was going to be scored uh, typical that Mike didn't add to the gross, but would be deducted. Okay, so Mike scored it as a typical, so there's maybe a sticker or a kicker here that he's not yes. going to add to that like overall gross score. Yes, because what he said from what he's seen, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Ohio like, top three or anything like that. Mm-hmm. One's tied with um, Brad Germain. And I can't think of the dude's first name. Contras. It's the Contras buck. But it's got a common base. And Mike said the common base on the Contras buck is the way he sees it, more non-typical 
than what mine was because you could see plain as day on the inside and follow the grain to where it goes to that main beam. Where it got weird was when you got on the backside, it looked like it went into that G2. But the way they sat on the antler, it was they weren't directly in line. It was almost like the G3 was more right there on the main beam and the G2 was more pushed back on the outer outside. So I just think it was how thick he was and Paul made it 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 made it not look as typical as what it should have. Wouldn't that almost help you though? Like try to make that its own tine where it doesn't share that common base? Yeah, yeah. But see, and that's what Mike was saying. He said there's two different kinds of common base. There's common base where it would make it a kicker and there's kind of like the Johnny King book. Yes. And then there's common base that would be score typical. I don't, I don't know why they have that, but yeah, I'm not sure. Sounds like just a whole bunch of hoops. You kind of got to jump through to be honest. <laughs> Absolutely. It's honestly, it's all subjective to the person who's scoring it. I mean, Mike could say it's typical all day. Go get a panel scored. And are you? This is why I scored a typical. This is why I got this. This is why I got that. But if the other people don't see it that way, then they don't see it that way. It looks typical to me. Yeah, if you take – they do a thing because they're supposed to mirror each other, basically. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it doesn't look like he does. But if you take – Because that, like, split or whatever? Yeah. But if you take a tape to his right side G1, his brow tie to his right side G2. It's like six and a half inches. Left side, six and a half inches. To the G3, it's nine and a half on both sides. Mm. So it's exactly identical. It mirrors each other exactly. It just doesn't appear that way. The Hunters Advantage podcast is powered by Out on a Limb Manufacturing. Out on a Limb is a family-owned company based right here in Oklahoma that makes tree stands, saddle platforms, climbing sticks, and so much more. Christian, I have a quick question. What's that? What bites sound harder, a hippo or an alligator? No idea. It's a trick question. The Ridge Runner 2.0 bites harder than both of them. But all jokes aside, we use these products all across the land on public or private. These help us get into any tree we want and hunt where the deer actually are. Most men go to the grocery store for their meat, but these products help you go to God's grocery store. I have used the Out on a Limb Ridge Runner 2.0 and the Shakar Sticks for the last few years hunting public land bucks, and I've actually shot several bucks out of this setup. If you want to support the podcast and get some Out on a Limb equipment, make sure to go to outonalimmfg.com and use code HNTA10 for 10% off at checkout. Once again, if you want to support the podcast, Go to outonalimmfg.com and use code HNTA10 at checkout for 10% off. Now let's get back to the podcast. The record bucks are really interesting, and it seems like in 2023, 2024, they're not meant to be broken. It It's like, I do not think that people want anything <laughs> to be broken. I really don't. Yeah. I, I don't think... If you're, I was talking with Jake earlier, like if I use the example, I'll just say, say I'm analogics and I've got the bed, the, I got Milo Hansen's buck. I, I'm only saying analogic because the ATH show, they had some giants in their booth. So I'm oh, just using that yeah. as an example. Um, <laughs> let's say I had the Milo Hansen buck and I paid 20,000 a year to, for the rights to that deer. And it's like, okay, now I have, I'm still paying 20K a year for the next five years. And I now I have the number two buck, which is about, 300% less interesting now because there's a bigger one. It's yeah. like, I wonder how that stuff is affected in panel scoring and scoring in general. And, uh, I have a relationship with this person. So I, I'm going to score the buck and I'm going to score it a little bit differently. Basically you know, just, a money grab. Yeah. I know. Like that's, 
kind of what it is. And just yeah. to just to like add an, another little spin to that, like obviously, if it again, I want to bring up Mitch Rampala, but it's it's pretty common knowledge that he signed an agreement with Milo Hansen, you know, stating that you know Milo's buck is the biggest, just just because it was hurting the influx of money that yep. was going to those sorts of people. That's but wild. what would make it a big I don't want to really cuss, but what would make it a big kind of shit show is if uh, let's say a new buck did take that number one spot. Does that void the agreement with Ron Paula and Hanson where now Ron Paula can actually, after all these years, maybe even enter in his buck that he basically signed away his rights to, because I, I'm pretty sure it only like exclu exclusively says, which again, this is all, just uh it's not legal advice <laughs> right right it's 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 uh what's the word for it it's not it's not accurate You're, yeah speculating thank you um it's all speculation but i mean yeah i kind of lost my train, train of thought there but that could open up just a whole nother can of worms where you know now now the the panels and all this stuff have just an absolute load of work to do yeah i know for a fact just from some people that i've talked to in the industry huff for example Yep. They didn't want his buck to be what it was. Like they had to fly the VP of Boone and Crockett to score that deer <laughs> because there were talks, people saying that it wasn't going to beat the Jordan buck because they didn't want it to. And this and that. And dude, that's not right. If you're going to be Boone and Crockett is the pinnacle. That's what we all like see. Absolutely. Like that's the gold standard. That's the Olympics. If you're on that, you're gold meddling. But if there's bias and politics in it, should they really be the gold standard? And that's the what's whole the what's the point in that? Because like then then I mean I understand why it was founded. It was for the 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 health of that resource, which happened to be whitetail mule deer and all that stuff. Figure out whether the animal species is doing well, and you know let's say they have a better scoring set or they score better and do all this stuff better in this region. What can this region do to try to mimic this one over here, where you get the mm -hmm. higher scoring deer, which lead to more healthy deer? I understand why it's put in place, but it's almost like, what are you doing? If, if that is the case where they don't want records to be broken, it's like, okay, so you don't want new growth to be, you know, basically figured out in this industry. Yep. It, it makes no sense to me. And that's the whole reason I honestly got to the point about 10 days before they confiscated the deer. I wasn't even going to get them scored. Not even from Ohio big buck because don't get me wrong. The state record would be cool being third all time in the world oh, absolutely. Would, would be cool, but those records are meant to be broken, man. That's not a forever thing. And I didn't want the deer say I get them scored by Boone and Crockett in Ohio, big buck. And they're like, this is common base. This is really just 178 inch typical. I'm telling you right now, you've, I've seen that deer next to the general, which is the biggest typical sheds ever. Mm -hmm. And that deer competed with it. So I didn't want him to get, a bad run at things knowing like mm. this is how the scoring system works. And then it's kind of like pushed under the rug. I just didn't think that deer's legacy deserved that. So I got to the point where I was like, I'm not even going to get him scored. I'm going to go to ATA. I'm going to go to expos, enjoy it. Give the glory to God. That's where it belongs. And just meet people, man. Well, it's about the deer. Like it's not about the, the guy's ego that's getting, shattered or you know whatever's happening it's about the deer at the end of the day yep what that deer grew what specimen it is and when you make it political which i'm not 
necessarily saying that it is, but gosh, it seems like everything in this world is political. Um, yeah. When you make it that way, it kind of takes away, like you're trying to take it away the legitimacy of what a deer grew. And it's yeah. like, the deer didn't choose that. Like, yeah. It just is what it is. Right. right. Completely. Um, man, not only that, I just don't think, I don't know, there's so much more about just the score. There's some deer that are built for scoring, and there's some deer that aren't. I've seen deer that are 210 inches, but if you set it beside that deer, you wouldn't even guess. You'd be like, that's a 170, is a not a 200. It's mm-hmm. just the, the frame of him, and that was more his claim to fame. I'm telling you right now, that deer wasn't going to be the typical record of all time. He just wasn't. I mean, it'd be nice, but he just wasn't built for it. I think – potentially with Mike being on the panel more so being the moderator for them scoring it and being able to argue. I think I could have got the state typical record for Ohio big buck, but even at that point, there's just so much drama, man. And just so many people saying, do this, do that. I don't even, in the end, I really don't even care. I don't care about that stuff. I mean, you'd think there'd be no drama too. See, I understand like, like that point of it, but then again, like as as much as you want to believe it or not, like if I almost feel like if you are blessed enough to shoot a deer that caliber, it's almost like a like a mandatory thing to like yeah. not say get scrutinized to your extent. That's not at all what I'm saying because uh but I, I'm just saying like due diligence needs to be done when it comes to like fact checking. Like I'm a hundred percent for you know, like, like saying, okay, I want the facts to be laid out. And since it is that big of a deer and it can have, you know, a significant impact on basically the industry. Yeah. I understand them like double checking everything, you know, maybe not go to the extent of confiscating it, which we'll get into that here in a second. But like, I think it deserves an investigation as crappy and and as un-American as that sounds. Yeah. No, I, I think that's completely fair. And there's a video that went around of him in a field. You can't tell exactly where this video is taken. They don't know where that one even originated from, but they claim it was on that property <laughs> that they claim I shot it on, but they don't know the date. And if I had to guess just by the trees in the background, I would say it was probably mid-October. And I've, I don't care that people speculate necessarily, just mm-hmm. objectively looking at it. I never even... If the ODNR officers were like, we know that deer was back there. I never said it wasn't back there at all. But deer for a fact travel. And where I live, it is flat as can be. And it's nothing but <laughs> open ag fields. All it takes is a dude trying to shoot that deer, him running off, or him being on a doe, almost getting hit by a car. And who's to say he don't run 10 miles? It's just, it's so hard to tell. It's a wild animal. At the end of the yeah. Day. Yeah. People are like, it was safe here. It would have stayed right here. Okay, I've well, heard I, everything from twelve to twenty-five miles. It's all—it's something different every single time. No one has so exact miles. Just kind of explain that a little bit. Why? Why is twelve to twenty-five miles like like significant? Because, um, from what you sent before the podcast, it's uh, that's the distance from like a DA's house or something like that. So okay, everyone's saying it's the DA, which the DA is Andrew McCoy. The guy's property that they claim I shot this deer on is William McCoy. That is his brother. 
but everyone's saying it's 20, 25 miles, and it's not. It's literally half that. It's 10.33 if you drop a pin on it and take it to my sister's. It's we'll nuts. say that trail camera picture did come from that property. We'll say it did. That's October 16th. You're telling me that deer is it's not possible for that deer to travel 10 miles in over 20 days. Now, I heard a story the other day. I'm I'm a big fan of Don Higgins. I listen to like all this stuff. I love does. Don Higgins. Um, and he so I drove through central or south central Illinois, like where mm-hmm. he lives when I was on my way to Ohio. And Don said there was a neighbor that sent him a picture of a buck or a, a friend or one of the two. And it was like I think two days before he got a picture of it. And he said the di- the distance during that time period uh, that the deer had traveled was 11 miles. Yep. And that seems I'm not saying your deer did that. I have no way to confirm or deny that. I have no idea, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. If it indeed was 10 miles. That's why I don't care that people speculate. Cause I get that. Like, especially depending on how you know deer and stuff like that, you're like the picture, right? There, that doesn't make sense. But in all reality, these deer can do way crazier things than people give them credit for. Mm-hmm. I got well, one buck about seven miles apart right now that I sent to my buddy just because I was like, wow, this is a giant eight-pointer. He sends mm-hmm. me back this picture of the same deer. And you look yeah. on the map, he's got to cross a river. He's got to go through neighborhoods, everything. But somehow he made it. So God knows mm-hmm. where else he's been too. Yep. <laughs> well, uh, Bronson Strickland, we had him on the podcast, uh, I think, this last spring. And he was talking about a buck, uh, it's called buck 140. And what that deer did was it spent its fall and winter in uh, Mississippi. And then it crossed the Mississippi River sometime during the spring and summer. And it actually summered in Louisiana. And from home range to home range, it was 18 miles just as a crow flies. So that's not including all that stuff. And so... Yeah, yeah. So I mean, a deer can travel. Now, time time frames are of the essence here, but again, on your case, there hasn't been nothing to prove otherwise. And so yeah. that's where that's where I feel like that speculation comes from. But I mean, we have all this research and and like collared deer and just Huff's everything buck was the same way. When the sheds, I said Dustin Huff's buck was the same way. The sheds were what yeah. eight, eight or nine miles away from where he ended up killing him. Mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah he mentioned that and then he said uh the dude never even sold him the sheds to that thing either i don't think which is, <laughs> i think is a little bad but i think where the 20 mile thing came from and i'm not knocking the dude at all i get what he was trying to do but the sheds i'm sure you guys have seen the sheds that the dude yeah look super similar but he claims that they were found by a dude 20 to 25 miles away my biggest thing with that is if you're buying sheds off someone, are they going to tell you where they just found 200 inch sheds? The real place that they found the 200 inch sheds. Because yeah, I'm not. I wouldn't do that for no way. Sheds, then, to be honest. <laughs> then you would go. They'd be like, "Oh, I'm going to hunt that." Deer. And about those it's sheds, get around to people. Yeah, about those sheds. Didn't weren't those like years apart too? Okay, so he bought them, I believe, five years ago. Yeah, so they would have been from six years ago. Yeah, and he said he sent me the scores of them. Um, I believe the main beams were like 28 inches. Um, mass was still in the 40s, like six and a half inch bases and stuff like that. So it was a 200 inch deer. Yeah. So if that deer was 10 and you go six years ago, that would put him at four years old. You're saying he held a 400 or 200 inch rack for six plus years. 
And if he wasn't 10, say he's seven, one years old, he's going to have a 210-inch frame? No way. It just doesn't make sense, which if they are that deer, if you could confirm that they were that deer, it'd make them worth money. It makes sense. And do they share a lot of similarities? Absolutely. So So does that uh, freaking seek one deer too? Yep. States apart. So. The the thing on those sheds to me, like it looked like it had the same common base thing that yours had. It had like a lot of similarities, and it looked on the ends of the beams of your buck how they're kind of like it's almost textured. Yeah, like yeah, it looked like it had similar texture in the beams to me. Yeah, the sheds looked. That was probably one of the most undeniable pieces of evidence I think yeah. that didn't look good for you. Yeah, because. And the sheds looked very, very similar. The only thing that I think would work well in your favor there is the time period. If yep. that didn't, if that didn't line up. Yeah. He paddled and everything. Like he took screenshots of the deer on the hunt R podcast and mm-hmm. like the shed and compared and stuff. And I mean, it does, it looks dead on the common base thing on that G2. Instead of being on that common base, it was more so like a, his G2 popped up and then up here it, like split up like that it was quite a ways up the g2 yeah even had the short g2 on the one side and everything like that which who knows they could have shared genetics but i agree the veining and stuff on the antlers not even i'd have to see them in person man i'd have to see them both in person and i'm sure they will i'm sure the dnr will and i don't know i don't know if i don't think there's a way to take genetics from antlers is you, there? Can, you can drill out the pedicle and get the DNA sent off, but I believe in order to do that, you would have to drill out in the pedicle of mine, which I hope I hope they don't do that. that would yeah, that'd be... Especially if I end up coming out good on all this. <laughs> they hand you back another look. set of sheds. Yeah. And you're like, these aren't mine. Like, yeah, we had to drill into it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Something I want to just touch on, and which – I'm trying to lead this more into like the the accusation side of it yep. since you you got in front of it and told told uh, your side the thing that like really doesn't sit right with me and and again I'm one of those people that like obviously I don't depend on other people like my joy of the hunt doesn't determine on what other people think of the hunt like I'm not saying that at all but what I am saying is like a question I have that pops up and again I'm I'm very neutral in this situation so I don't want you to take offense to anything right no you get um but a thing that like doesn't sit right with me is if you knew that, you know, you said you had something special, you knew it as soon as you seen him laying between those ponds. And at the time you did have your phone. I mean, again, I've never shot a deer that caliber, so I don't know the mindset that goes into this, but would you not think to like take pictures or video of, of this to kind of cover your tracks? If you kind of knew what you had, you would, yes, you would think, but honestly, I don't know. Think about times when you were younger hunting, the adrenaline, like, because there's a time, like, now when I see does, I really don't, that adrenaline don't right. take or anything like that. But, you know, your first year in, you are tore up from the floor up, don't know your ass from your elbow when those deer come in. <laughs> right. And it's like that on steroids. Like, <laughs> it's like finding a dead body. I imagine that's what I could compare it you to. You speaking from experience or? <laughs> Alleged. <laughs> But no, you're right. I mean, that's that's a great question. I don't I don't even have an answer to that. I don't. I should have. I should have, but 
So there's one picture of it though, right? In the I think we talked about it on the phone. Like there's one picture of him kind of laying rack up one side in the daylight, and that's the one daylight picture that I think's been circulating. We were getting around. ready to go get the truck and load them up, and it was back where my stand was, and there's a bunch of leaves on the ground and stuff like that. But yeah, Corey took a picture of him laying down there. So that wasn't even you that took that photo. Nope. And that's why I think the DNR think that I did take pictures of it in the daylight. And I've, I've told people, they're like, they're probably going to go through your phone. And if there's any pictures, they'll find it. And that's what they told me. I was like, I mean, okay, they can think I'm full of shit, but they ain't going to find <laughs> no picture on that phone. And I just, it didn't cross my mind. So let's, before we get more into the stuff that people are, are kind of accusing, can can you talk about the process of what happened, like how you find out this deer is getting confiscated, uh, maybe where it was, and like what all they took from you, like what the process of getting investigated is like when you shoot a buck? Okay, so they came, we'll say, November 15th for that first visit. Yeah. Um, I can't even think of the exact day I went, but I went to Keith Snyder's, and he did want to buy it 100%, and I just – for me, man, the amount of money, people think these deer are worth a lot more than what they are, and they're not. There's 200-inch deer that gets sold all the time, and people pay five grand for them. I looked on eBay. You can get a really nice buck for pretty cheap, like 300 400 bucks. Yes. That surprised the crap out <laughs> of me. You would look on eBay, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> I was just curious. And yeah. that's something that Keith said to me. He's like, I can get 300-inch farm sheds for 800 bucks. Why would I pay a hundred thousand dollars for this deer? Because he asked me, he was like, "If you were to sell it, like, what what's in your head? What do you think?" I was like, "For me to even consider it, man, hundred thousand dollars. That's even for me to consider it at all." And he's like, "They're just not worth that." And I said, "That's fine. Um, to me, I would rather hand it down to my son than sell it for some cheap amount, even in twenty thousand dollars, man. That's I'm twenty eight years old. That's not you're not retiring off of that." Chances are we're gonna spend it on dumb shit. It's just <laughs> buying a truck. It's side yeah. by side and some Chick Fil A. Yeah. <laughs> it would just mean more knowing that it's going to one of my son, my son, or one of my stepsons, if whichever one enjoys hunting and loves it the most. Like that's mm-hmm. more sentimental and that's worth more than money ever would be. But me and him did talk about him doing the replicas, and I agreed. I was like, I'll let you do the replicas, and I told him. He said he wanted to market the deer and do some stuff for me and help me out with shows and get me in the best booths that he could. And I said, if you're a man of your word and you do everything that you say you're going to do, uh, we'll see where all this ends and we'll talk about this again. So uh, I left it with him and he was going to get the replicas made by Jack Comp. Jack Comp ended up getting COVID. So it didn't even end up getting sent off to him, which I'm glad it didn't because he's in West Virginia. So that would be it going between state lines. And then they'd be trying to hit me with the Lacey Act. Yeah. But um, nothing from ODNR or anything that showed up December 22nd, probably six o'clock, maybe. Evening or morning? Evening. Okay. Um. Knocked on my door, and when I opened the door, they kind of beat on the door like a cop. So I was sitting there on the phone with my friend. Because they are the cops. <laughs> I was like, who the hell is beating on my door like this? And I opened the door, and I thought they were like some Jehovah's Witnesses or something <laughs> like that. He's like, hey, how you doing? I'm blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, how you doing? I'm CJ. And then he told me who he was. He's like, do you care if we come inside? And I was like, no, not at all. 
So they come inside, uh, started moving stuff on the couch. and like, well, you care if we go out to the kitchen? No, Matt's fine. And they're like, do you know why we're here? And I was like, no. And they're like, well, there's a lot of rumors going around. We just, we want to put them to bed once and for all. He said, so just want you to recount the whole story to the best of your ability. And we'll go through and we'll talk about it. And they want to see the deer. And I was like, I don't have it right now. And they were kind of being really weird about where's it at? What'd you do with it? I wouldn't let that thing out of my sight. Side note, when they came in, the first thing they said, they're like, so how's it feel to be famous now? And I was just like, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm famous, but to me, that's just a weird thing to start with. Like, mm-hmm. and that's what a lot of people said. They were like, the only reason you went on these podcasts and stuff is for fame. And man, the whole reason I did it is is to give it to God because the fame and stuff, it's all superficial. Like people will love you for one minute and then something comes up when you're in the public's eye like that. Say I go get caught drinking and driving and none of this stuff ever happens. I'm like, oh, that dude's a piece of shit. Like I just, I know how this stuff goes. But uh, we sat, we talked about it and after about an hour and a half, they were finally like, do you really want to know why we're here? And I was like. They waited an hour and a half to tell yeah. you, you want to know why we're here? Yep. And they said, I've been like, that'd be nice. Yeah, we could get to the chase. <laughs> <laughs> so he opens this folder and I could kind of see the picture as he was flipping through, which I guess was their evidence. And he pulled the picture of him laying there dead in the daylight. He said, you know this picture? And I was like, I mean, yeah, that's my deer laying there dead. And he's like, you see that stick right there? And I was <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, I see it. And he's like, what, what's that stuff right there? I was like, I believe that's a hunting jacket. And that's my bag laying there. And he's like, oh, okay. They said, well, we found the stick. And I said, you what? They said, we found the stick. And I was like, all right. And he's like, it wasn't on your sister's property. So he pulls out another picture. The ground literally does not even look. It almost looked like this picture was taken in a bean field. But he's like, here's the stick right here. And they had like a blue backpack kind of set up against it, kind of stage it to look like it was the same stick. And he's like, is that the stick? And I was like, I mean, they look like the same stick. I'm not denying that. And he's like, well, it wasn't on your sister's. And I was like, I mean, it's a stick. Dude. It's a honeysuckle stick. There's honeysuckle <laughs> all over this place, all over. Any thicket you go in, you're going to find honeysuckle. Mm-hmm. So he kind of like diverted off of that. And he said, what kind of knife you have? And I was like, a buck knife. And he said, are you sure? And I was like, I mean, yeah, it's upstairs. He said, well, we found your knives, too. And he pulls out a picture of two knives literally laying there perfectly on leaves side by side like this. He said, those are your knives. I was like, I've never seen those knives before in my life. And he went on this round for probably 20 minutes. He's like, just tell us the truth. It'll be easier. Like, we'll be able to help you. And I told him, I was like, look, my dad did this for a living. I know that's not how this works. They can say they're going to help you all day long. But it's not up to them. It's not even up to the prosecutor in the end. It's up to the judge. So we went on for probably another hour and a half going back and forth. And they told me that they were taking the cape, taking the horns, and that they needed them. Asked where they were. Told them where they were. Asked me for the crossbow, which I think they thought that it was really my crossbow. And that that was a lie. Which I went upstairs, like, here's my crossbow, strings broke, not an Excalibur. And they're like, well, we're going to look around. I was like, go ahead. I mean, you ain't going to find it. Corey has it, which come to find out they had officers there at Corey's place too. 
But um, they kept getting me to try to talk to him. And I said, I'm going to make a phone call. And I was going to call my dad. So I was going to call. And they're like, we can't let you out of our sight. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, we can't let you out of our sight. I was like, you guys can stay here. I mean, I'm going to go upstairs in my room. He's like, no, we can't. We can't let you. I was like, well, I don't want to have this conversation with you guys right here. I was like, what if I'm calling my attorney? He's like, we just, we can't because it's an office, off, officer safety issue. I was like, dude, I don't even have any guns in the house. The only thing I have in the house that's shootable is a broke crossbow. What do you mean? Like, <laughs> stick it in there and like, I'm <laughs> at you. Like, I'm not going to do nothing. Even broke still shoots 200 feet per second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cross gun. And he, he pulled out his phone. He's like, well, you can call him off my phone. And I was like, no, like, even if you're under arrest, you still get a phone call. And I was like, am I under arrest? He's like, no. I was like, and I can't make a phone call. He's like, no, we can't let you do that. So, yeah, they took, ended up taking my cell phone, my fiance's cell phone, Corey's crossbow, um, the cape from the taxidermist, and the antlers. They didn't take your truck or anything like that? Nope. Or your car, nothing like that? Nope. And is nope. that the is that the last time you've heard anything from them, or how does that how does that work? Do they keep in contact mm. with you, and they keep updating uh, you, or what? He came back. There's another that just reminded me of something uh, too that I'll say. He came back, I think December like 28th, if I recall, and it was just Ryan Garrison, which is Joel Buttermeyer. I think was supposed to be the head investigator. But he had worked cases with my dad previously in the past. So I think it's conflict of interest. And he kind of stepped back and let Ryan take the lead. So Ryan came over to the house and he was sitting there talking. And he's like, I just, you got to make it make sense to me. I don't understand why Keith would have it if, if you didn't sell it to him. And I was like, I don't know what you want me to tell you. He's like, I just need you to tell me the truth. I was like, I am telling you the truth. And he just went round and round and round. And he told me that they didn't have a warrant. They had the warrant to seize my phone, but not go through it yet. And they were like, we're going to go through it. We'll find this stuff. And I was like, that's fine. You're not going to find anything. Come to find out. You know how on social media, it's like your Instagram, your Facebook and stuff. You can go look at your location history. Mm -hmm. I have location pings from my phone, December 24th, 25th, and 26th. Because they told me if I didn't give them my passcode, that they were going to have to break my phone. And... I have an iPhone 13 Pro Max. I don't want to have to go pay another thousand dollars for a phone. I was like, do that. Whatever. I'll give you my passcode. So either my phone magically went to Instagram or they were going through my phone when they weren't supposed to. And that's coming out of his mouth. I don't see why he would tell me they don't have a search warrant to get the contents. Here's an interesting so, point. And I thought this could be, like I said, I don't know the story of this, but. I'm speculating here. I I know that iPhones, you said you have a 13 Pro Max. Yep. If you don't turn off location services on a photo, you can swipe up on mm -hmm. the photo and it shows you to the freaking leaf where oh, you yeah. are standing. And I, I've said that is either going to be the biggest help for you ever or that is going to be the biggest detriment that shows something that you're saying is not true. Because if I would have took a picture, it would have been my If you would have took a photo, right? Yep. If, if what about Corey's phone, though? That was going to be my next question. That I don't know about, honestly. They haven't went for his phone or anything like that, but he's mm. talked with his attorney and stuff like that. So, I mean. It, 
then if it's legit, I feel like that'd be the end all be all of it. If Corey's just like, Hey, look, here's the picture, you know, cause like, obviously the way, the way the iPhone set up ever since we figured <laughs> that out, like if we send a buck picture or something to somebody, well, or at least what I'll do is I'll screenshot it on my phone. Mm-hmm. That way, you know, I'm in Oklahoma or wherever I'm not where we hunt on public or something like that. If I send a photo. Yeah. And so, yeah. Cause if you send if, it, it'll send that metadata with it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, yep. because basement decorator. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. basement <laughs> you decorator. Just do that. yourself. Thomas, Thomas, Stanford, you're starting hey, to use your head now, boy. Yeah. Oh, Thomas has sent me a picture before <laughs> of a nice trail cam photo, and I slid up and I said, "Are you in X Y Z, North Carolina? I just got a thousand acre lease. I was pulling his leg, but I said I just got a thousand acre lease, and I sent him like the exact coordinates, like the property next to where he was hunting." <laughs> No and he was way. like, he said, are you serious? <laughs> he said, that is right next door. And we live 1,400 <laughs> miles apart. And I was like, no, you need to turn your location services off. I know exactly where you hunt. And he was yeah. like, are you serious? I said, yeah, we're good buddies. So it doesn't matter. But I didn't even Someone know that. Their advantage. Yeah. There, advantage there's some people out there that would take that. And, no, for and, sure. I would. My location services I'm just kidding. off on my phone, but I don't know about Corey's. But even if they are attorneys will be able to get that thing to prove stuff and that's why i'm out here publicly defending it and stuff like that i know what they're going to be able to get and what they're not there's been like forums and uh and like posts floating around social media where it says you've actually confessed to i don't know the right wording whether that be unlawful uh harvest of deer or trespassing or whatever the different posts say but it says that you confess something is that true or is that just a rumor mill bullshit and it's okay. it's funny it's funny that they say that too because they said six officers. If you remember, I told you guys there was two detectives that showed up mm-hmm. after they started taking everything and come like doing their thing. Four other ODNR officers showed up, and other than just now me telling you guys that and telling Corey that, it's the only people that knew. So I just find it weird that they were like all these details and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's only certain places it could come from. But yeah, that's bullshit. And if that was the case, why would they release a one-paragraph article? Even with it being an open investigation, there wouldn't be no investigation to be had. You have a confession. That's like saying, the dude confessed to murdering them, but we're still going to do the investigation. Don't make sense. Well, it was weird because when it happened, uh, I think day after Christmas, when stuff came out or whatever it was, it was about 200% more vague than I was expecting. It was just like, it was basically giant buck investigation. That's what we got. But there's a ton ton of information on Facebook or Instagram or wherever else. And it's like, do you not think that these people who are reporting on this stuff want to give as much information as they can to make their article the most valuable to be the one that gets shared? And it's like, there wasn't, I was expecting on the location services or stuff like there's got to be some sort of smoking gun and the stuff that I heard, it's just like, it's neither here nor there. It's like, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. But that's kind of what throws me off. And I feel like it throws off a lot of people is if like, from what you've told and from what like the articles out there, just the lack of information, you would think that just what Christian said, they have a smoking gun, but also if they don't, why are they keeping it this long? Does that, I yeah. don't know. That, that just seems weird. I feel like if the ODNR would have took pictures, like like you said, the day he came out or whatever, if you would have took pictures of where that deer was laying, of where he found blood, 
you could have easily seen the picture that they tried to find that stick on that was a completely different environment. Like you claim to look like in a bean, been in a bean field. You could have clearly tell from two different photos that those were not the same thing. But his, it seemed like he kind of avoided, avoided that. Yeah, well, he discredited that statement because he said it was such a gap in time that the leaves and stuff had rotted and stuff uh, like that. But, yeah, dude, it didn't yeah, even... They had it zoomed in on the picture of this stick to where it was blurred out. And in the picture where he's laying dead, there's other land features you can see. Yeah. But they weren't focused on those other land features. It was just this stick. And I know for a fact if that's what they're basing this off of, I sent that picture to Keith December 10th. I think he posted it December 11th. So they would have from December 11th to the 22nd to find this stick and find all of this stuff. Yeah. Like, it just makes no sense. Like, Mm -hmm. you didn't take no pictures at my sister's. If you did think something was up, I, me personally, if I'm investigating it, I'm taping it off. I'm going to be like, hey, we don't want anyone back there. This is why we think there's something up with this, and we're going to look into it. It's just, it don't, it don't make sense to me. They didn't tape it off? No. How's the uh, vibe around? Uh, what'd you say your county's name was? Clinton or Canton? Clinton. Clinton. So what's the what's the hometown think about you know all that mess? Dude, a lot of people because land the, prices went up probably. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, which I find it funny because Larry Roberts, his property is right beside this property, and he owns sixty percent of Clinton County. So his land prices, he owns recreational. That's what he's going to be doing. He's going to be selling it and stuff. But just from the people that are involved and have been directly involved with Larry Roberts, like without a, without a doubt, I just, I don't know, man. It's just weird. It's just weird. But there's people saying that it was shot in the cemetery. The cemetery literally, Gabe, you could drive up. Mm-hmm. There. I know which one you're talking about. It says right when you drive in, security cameras in use. And I'm like, that deer been in the cemetery and this and that. Okay. If this deer yeah. has been all these places that these people are saying it is. That cemetery is like on the complete opposite side from where your place is too, from where the Roberts yeah. is. Where are the pictures? Like there's security cameras in the thing. Yeah, true. Where's where the pictures that? Be going on? If he was over there behind the dump and people claim that they've seen him and everything, where are the pictures? Because we... All of us, obviously, we, I can look at a deer that's 150s and be pretty close. I might say, oh, he's 140s, or maybe I'll even think he's 160. But the everyday person, if you see a 170, 180 inch deer, you're like, that was that deer. That was a, it was the biggest deer I've ever seen in my life. Like, maybe you did see a big deer back there because I know Lucas has killed giants back there and he actually hunts Larry Roberts' property. The one right beside where they're playing yeah. shot this year. Yeah. Run cameras on that property. Half since last year. Not one picture of that deer. I can tell you that we've we were talking about this this me and Jake were today completely like unrelated, but we were talking about big deer that we've seen. We've seen probably one deer on hoof that's like one seventy or better. And it was on public land in the summer. And I remember people asking, like just close friends, how big do you think that buck was? And I'm like, dude. 170, 185, 190. I'm like, I think I have after no like idea. 170, you, you just guess at that point. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't think you really know. When I told Corey, when he asked me how big I thought it was, I said 180, 190. 
<laughs> that, that was my guess. My biggest deer I've ever seen. But yeah, yeah, I mean, six inches off. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. six inches off. <laughs> yeah, it's just once it gets to a certain point, I think it's it's pretty hard to judge. And I think for general everyday people, it's hard to judge too. I've had people who are like, dude, there's a giant back there, and they'd be a hundred inch a point. Yeah, <laughs> you just never know. It's crazy to me that no one's came out about that trail cam video of where that deer's at. That's really crazy to me. Because there's where, no way you posted that and then you know what's the biggest deer out there. Where I heard it came from was some dudes in Georgia. And supposedly they leased land close to my sisters. That's what I heard. But that could be bullshit. That could just be them wanting credit. It being passed down. Yeah. But I mean, obviously, it originated from somewhere. Yeah. Because it was I the deer. The oh, video yeah. doesn't look There's real. no denying that. No, it doesn't that. look Especially real. It's crazy. Yeah. Wait, explain that to me. What? There's like one photo or one video that's. It's a video at night, October sixteenth. Yeah. And it says power line edge underneath of it, and like I was telling oh, Chris, we were talking about earlier. Yeah, I got you. So, power line edge. Yeah, I can see where you come from because there's one that runs on those properties, but there's also one right by my sister's. Who's to say? Like, that's completely circumstantial and speculation until you figure out. And even if you do figure it out and it does come back that it was on that property, you still can't say that that deer didn't travel. What's the population around around Clinton? Clinton uh, County? I would it's, say it's yeah. not huge, but it's not small. Right. Well, and it just i don't know everything about this is just like making my head spin because like i thought i had a pretty good grasp on it like probably everybody does but after hearing all this stuff there's so much things that like don't make sense that doesn't add up from both sides i mean from 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 your side you know there's there's a few things you know about the pictures about you know somewhat the location but i mean then again as we talked about earlier the sequence situation all that stuff and so like there, there, there's nothing hard there to like convince me one way or the other yep. but also from the dnr side or whatever y'all call them over there the game wardens just things weren't done in a timely fashion where it could you know just clear this whole thing up automatically but also with the way social media works nowadays unless the dnr like contacted the people that actually have trail camera photos and saying hey you know you give us these photos of this deer because this is still an ongoing investigation um and, you know, let's not post it online, but you would think there'd be people that get a hold of those photos somehow, some way mm. of this deer and just absolutely splurge it all over the socials. And mm. like, that, that's, what's the most like shocking to me is the day that the day and age we live in. And yet there's so much lack of information, like revolving around this. Deer. That's one of my biggest points for sure is like, if, I know people well enough to know that if those pictures existed, they would get around and For they would get posted. 100%. They'd be like, this kid's full of shit. This buries him. Here's the proof right yeah. here. And I welcome anyone. I welcome it to try to prove that because you're not going to. And I definitely agree. I'm not saying anyone's wrong for speculating because I can see your point of view. I can see your perspective. I can get looking back. I'm like, yeah, you're. You're right. I should have done this. I should have done that. But hindsight's key, though. Yeah, it, well, uh, it always is, man. It's so easy. Like one thing I've noticed through going through hunting Oklahoma, 
Texas, Nebraska, Kansas, Ohio, just driving through all these states is like, it's very hard for someone from a different part of the world to grasp like what things look like somewhere else, unless you've been there. I drove through Southwest Ohio and as Gabe and I were driving through, I just, I kept commenting, dude, it's rural, but there's so many effing people. It's rural, but there's so many effing people. Like I just kept telling him that I was like, oh, we go around a corner. I'm like, ah, we're finally out in the middle of nowhere. Take a left. There's 15 houses. (laughs) <laughs> and the average land holding and some of the properties even that Gabe was hunting were these five acre pieces or little 30 acre pieces or 10 acre pieces. Yep. And every one of those pieces had a feeder or a blind or a tree stand. And there's interest in hunting. And if a deer like that exists, there's, you cannot convince me that there's it's, not pictures that exist of that deer. Especially I, with the terrain, you know, just the, just the actually on the hoof. Dude, there's no of trees. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And if if you have a road field. anywhere close to any of those Tree ag lips. fields, if you see a big old freaking moose out there, you're going to be like, oh my God. And I'm sure everybody and their dog has a pair of binos out there. I would. I carry yeah. binos in my truck and I don't you can't even, even see 40 feet off the road. <laughs> <laughs> don't even own a pair. That's kind of like the crossbow thing. That's the only deer I've ever shot with a crossbow. It was great. He's a crossbow shooter. No, I've it, killed it all my other. One. Yeah. Of course, the biggest one I kill is with a crossbow. But I think it's going to shock a lot of people, too, because I know it shocked me. Because after our first phone call or whatever, because I knew uh, I made that video or whatever and deleted it when we talked or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. It shocked me how um, like confident you were in your story and how like you were like, no, I'm nothing's happening. Like, I'm fine. Like, and I, I you know, that caught me by surprise. I think that's going to catch a lot of people by surprise. When yeah. Happen. You also got to think, though. I grew up with a detective as a father. Yeah, I, used to all this. And I know people who get pulled over by cops, and they're, like, freaking out. I'm like, dude, you're not doing anything wrong. Like, just chill out. It's a person. But I've always been, like, I've grew up around them and stuff like that, so it just doesn't. And I know what's what. So Yeah. So, basically, you just know how to get around the system is what you're saying. <laughs> I don't know if you can get around the system, to be honest with you. Uh, no. Well, I'm just I, I've, I've told Jake, it's like, dude, you are either the world's worst narcissist or you're completely innocent. There's yeah. no in-between Yeah. for me because and, the confidence, it just doesn't make any sense. And that's me. what I told you, man. Like saying what i just said about my dad being a detective and knowing how this stuff works you think if i poach this deer realistically i'm a big enough dumbass to go on a podcast to do north american whitetail to do outdoor life it doesn't matter what benefit i have they're going to find out period if it's bullshit they're going to find out i wouldn't i would keep it a secret wouldn't even post it to my Instagram. No one would have known about that deer for two or three years. Two or three years down the road, what evidence would you find? There wouldn't be any left. Nothing. Not, yeah. So, so how big how big was the property that you shot this deer on? Okay, I've been getting bashed about this. I said because, it was about 30 acres. Yeah. It has been surveyed, so I'm going to give you. I know what Onyx and stuff says. It's 10.3 acres. I've been told my whole life that it was 30. And I did not have Onyx, Barton Ford. I didn't have anything like that on my phone. So I had no way to check. I was been taking the words. And if you would have went to that property before it got logged and before it got bush hogged, you can't even see from the front of the property to the back. That's how thick it was. Like I'm talking CRP and cattails, nine foot tall, just absolute thick as can be. But... It is 10.2, 10.3 acres. Because I, 
it's out there now where this is. There's pictures of the property and stuff. And it's like, I clicked out on an Onyx and it said eight acres. I was like, eight versus 30. That ain't adding up. My own sister know. called me out about that. She was like, 30 acres? She's like, where's my other 20 underneath the ponds? I was like, <laughs> that's what you guys always told me. She's like, who told you that? I was like, your grandma, Joe? And she's like, no, she's full of shit. I think another pretty big one would be the rigor mortis situation that a lot of people see from the photos. Mm-hmm. You want to touch on that? Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm sure you. I would feel like you guys would be able to relate to this. Have you guys ever made a bad shot on a decent buck and had to find I it? Haven't, no. No, I haven't, no. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen yeah. to any other Good of our podcasts, you. and I guarantee you'll hear about five of them. Yeah, <laughs> watch our kill shot video. Yeah. Okay, so a deer, when you kill it, it does not keep rigor mortis forever. You got to think. If I found, shot him at 5.30 the day before, say he died at 5.30 in the morning in between those ponds, laid there dead for seven hours, six hours before we found him, putting him in the truck, hanging him up, taking him back down, taking him to the apartment for the kids and stuff to see him meet Sierra so she knows how to get to my sister's. Driving back out there, setting them up for photos. Rigor mortis doesn't last forever. And I challenge anybody to have a deer, go hang it up. When it's it's zero degrees outside right now, go kill a doe, hang it up for five days, take it down, work its neck, and it's going to be just as loose as when that deer was freshly dead. I've been using the new Exodus Rival cell camera for the last couple months, and I have found a beautiful mainframe eight point with tons of stickers to go after this fall. Ooh. One thing I do appreciate about Exodus trail cameras is all of the cameras share the same data plans. You only pay for what you need. A lot of cell cam companies charge you for HD pictures. I've seen prices of $5 for 50 HD pics. Exodus is going to give you unlimited HD pictures right to your phone, which is awesome when you're sitting there in the middle of the summer and it's 100 degrees and you just want to binge a bunch of trail cam photos. If you're looking for a solid cell camera with great performance and a five-year no BS warranty, go check them out. So as we all know, hunting gear is something people can make way too complicated. Arrows can be the exact same way. Instead of going down all those rabbit holes, trying to sift through the endless information that's online, and you're not really sure if it's right or wrong, Exodus makes it simple to get the right arrow for your exact setup. So go online to the Exodus Arrow Builder. It takes less than a minute. You're going to enter your draw weight, your draw length, and how heavy of a point you're shooting. And it's going to be that simple. Let the guys at Exodus take care of the rest. So if you're interested in Exodus Rival cell cameras or a new set of their MMT arrows, just go to exodusoutdoorgear.com and use code HA15 for 15% off anything on the website once again that is exodusoutdoorgear.com use code ha15 at checkout for 15 percent off now let's get back to the podcast it stretches well, I, Google it, but I don't know how to spell it really so well, yeah. i've i've seen it happen too with with deer where you take one out of the truck that's been dead a little while and the first thing you do is we got to work this out so you get on the other one side of the rack your buddy gets you on there and you're just Perking and jerking on it until it eventually is loose enough. Yeah. Um, That's just one more of those things that is like, maybe, maybe that's something, maybe it's not. Yeah. But that, that's kind of, I mean, I could see where that's coming from because a lot of us, you know, we shoot a deer and by the time we get it and all that stuff, stuff's just now starting to get, you know, stiff. And then, but by that time, I'd probably say the average hunter nowadays drops it off at the processor and they take care of all that stuff. So, I assume they don't get to really see the 
after effects of a lot of that stuff. Now, I haven't Googled it, and I don't know from personal experience that, you know, if the rigor mortis is, you know, actually wears off or not. I'm not that smart, okay? Yeah. But I'm just saying from, like, my level of That was not, honestly a fair point. I never really thought about that. I've always cut up my own deer. Like, ever since I learned how to, ever since I was probably about 14 years old, I've always processed my own deer. I just wish I had the patience for that because uh, it was the... It's uh, horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. I loathe it. Was, I loathe it. Uh, Eric Clark off the OKS Hunter, he had a little short run uh, run through like TikTok or Facebook or something like that. And he was talking about how most people don't process their own deer and how it was just a headache. And he he said the words, uh, I put the process in processing. And that was probably the best thing I've heard all year. That's great. Uh, for me, the reason I do it is because all that like silver membrane and stuff that's on the meat, I don't mm -hmm. like that stuff. And I think in order to get it to taste the best, which it... It sucks because you lose a lot. But when I was living with mom and dad, I would feed it to the dogs and make it dog food. But I trim all that stuff off, man. So I can cut it the way I want to, grind up what I want to grind up, got a dehydrator, and I don't have to spend another hundred bucks. So that stuff puts some hair on your chest. You got to eat that silver skin. Ew. There's if a you're lot not chewing story. for eight minutes, you're not doing good. <laughs> There's a lot of stories around here. Like if you take them to the processor, like, I don't, don't know how you really deer back. know or whatever. Yeah, you don't get the same deer back. So yeah. like, that's why I don't do it. Hey, sometimes that works in my favor because I'll drop off like a little dough or something and I get three bags and I'm like, okay. And I just hightail it out of there. Like, All right. Don't know how you did this, but God bless. So you just confirmed that that theory is probably correct. Probably, <laughs> yeah. He said, we got 100 pounds extra deer meat. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, because I assume I've heard some from some processors, like when they're making this, like the... Uh, some of the things that they throw everything they have into it and then they just they recipe it out after that and then they sell it that way yeah. i guess it's just easier that way and then instead of doing it individually but still i want my deer back you know until they give you a deer that's laid dead for 10 days yeah literally let me ask you this we i think we talked about it in the beginning a little bit but there were and i think we talked about it on the phone before the podcast there were knives on the da's property that they were going to test dna from to see if it matched your buck correct yep and they get the they got the dna from the cape of your buck or how did they that's how are they the, gonna do that that's the thing man um dna is not it doesn't work like that you can't have blood dna and take hair from the hide or flesh from the hide it has to be blood on blood to get a hundred percent fact to know that that deer it's that deer stuff and I mean, they're more than welcome to do that, man, but it'd be just as easy as someone going out there on my sister's property and jamming a knife in the carcass. I mean, I, I can get where they're coming from, but those are not my knives. Like, yeah, there's knives out there, but there's also homeless camps everywhere out there. <laughs> Maybe there's a dead homeless dude out there that got shipped. I don't know. Maybe they'll find something else out. Well, we found, Jake, we found several knives on public land, or you have yeah yeah around. which i think i found like total we've been hunting that public piece for like maybe five years or so and i think i found three knives out there but again it is public and i mean it's not private but who is also to say that like you know that wasn't someone else out there or yeah you know, i mean trash is trash trash is everywhere here that's so. that's another thing too i told them that i had a buck knife and i had it upstairs and they were like it's here and i was like yeah it's upstairs they didn't even asked me to go get it didn't even want to see it so are you, are you trying to prove me guilty? Are you really interested in the truth? Or are you interested in your narrative? 
And that's my biggest thing with all of this. Like, there's things, and I will agree, that I should have took pictures. There's stuff that doesn't make sense on my side. I don't articulate myself very well on camera because I have anxiety and stuff. I mean, I know this is going on the internet, forever going to be on the internet. That's a nerve-wracking thing. And I'm sure you guys can relate to when you first started doing this stuff. You're probably like, oh, man, I don't want to listen to that. I don't want to hear myself on camera and stuff like that. But nobody watched it anyway so we're good yeah <laughs> we had plenty of practice beforehand <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so is is there anything else that like we didn't touch on that uh that like whether that be allegations or or what it may be that you want to kind of bring to light to kind of i still I guess, have, mellow down people yeah i still have no charges it's been almost a month now literally no citation no charges. Nothing. You can still go hunt if you want. Yeah, hundred percent. Me and Gabe could go kill a doe right now, record it. Nothing they can do. And I just mm. people are like, he's locked up already. <laughs> you know, he's behind yeah, bars. Like, he's in jail. <laughs> yeah, I had no way to get on my socials. It's all connected to my phone number. It'll send a two-factor authentication code to my number. And I'm just, that's that's awesome. So I had no way to even defend myself. Everyone's like, I was messaging you and asking you about this. I'm like, hard to message back when I can't get in it. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, they didn't even come over here and try to get another story or talk to me again. So it doesn't matter what I would have said when they came over here. If they had done, determined, like, we're taking this deer. Do you know anybody kind of like, I mean, obviously, you don't have to say names or anything if, if, but do you know anybody maybe on the inner circle of that where you there might be feeding you bits and pieces of what the DNR has going there? Uh, I mean, Mike Rex, I'm sure, has connections to him and stuff. But even if they said something to him, which they shouldn't be because it is an investigation and it wouldn't be much mm -hmm. of an investigation if you're telling stuff. But I don't think he would say. And some of the stuff that's came out, like there's people you can go look through all these YouTube videos. They're like, well, Matt Roberts, I'm friends with him, and he told me this. Like, he's literally a part of the investigation. He can't. Mm. And he was yeah, actually showing up to my taxidermist, showed up to him, his place, three or four times trying to see the deer, like two weeks before it got taken. Like, just obsessed with it. That's the new guy's felony tampering with evidence charges as well, and is an OBNR officer. Well, that's, it's the same thing with like, like HIPAA, like my mom worked in healthcare and still works in healthcare. And it's like, I can't tell you anything about, uh, anyone, anyone's medical records, like probably same thing with an investigation. I can't give you, like, I remember there was some stuff in Benita about an investigation when my dad was a chief of police and he's like, I, I can't really say anything about it. Like it's an active investigation and you're like, yep. yeah, that's, that's true. So if that is indeed happening, it shouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah, that's the way it should work because you don't know what people – with jealous people, you just don't know what, what they can do, man. It's just – they can take – I have my old pair of hunting boots sitting on my porch right now. If someone knew the exact property and stuff like that, it's just as easy for them to go take my boot and go stomp it all over the ground like, there's this boot print. But, yeah, the mm. basis of this investigation is a honeysuckle stick and two knives. Allegedly, they have blood on them. I didn't see no blood on them. My mom, not here. We shall see. That's just—I don't know. That's almost a hopeless feeling when it's like, I mean, granted, it's an investigation. I get that, but sitting on your hands and not really knowing the the 
the time frame of it. It's like, I mean, there's a certain point where you're just like, I don't even care anymore. I just want this to kind of be over with. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's the whole charges and stuff thing. Like I even being innocent and stuff, that dude that dealt with this from North Carolina, a West Virginia guy went down there. You guys ever hear that story? Are you talking about the cemetery bucks? No. No, um, something different. No, this dude's I can't think of his name right now. He's got an active lawsuit right now. But this ODNR in West Virginia, or it'd be DNR officer or whatever they call him, um, was hunting a deer that he ended up killing there. Claimed he poached it, went down to North Carolina, got some DNR from North Carolina, asked to see the deer, hear the story, and they illegally seized the rack and was trying to press charges on him, and he did nothing wrong. Had proof that he did nothing wrong. That investigation and that whole process took a year, and even after it got settled that he was not guilty, it still took him four months to get his deer back. Wow. You know what kind of charges you're facing right now? Or, like, have you even really heard of that? Because I know it came out as, like, uh, trespassing or whatever, but there's got to be something else. Yeah. So would that lead into something else? Like, would that be a poaching charge, too, if they could, you know— if you look up the definition of poaching, uh, trespassing to kill a deer would be on poaching. Poaching. It's yeah, it's got to be any illegal mean to kill a yeah. deer, right? Yes, but poaching isn't necessarily a charge. I, I feel mean, like it's very broad. So many yeah, poaches, so many different ways. There's trespassing. I mean, if it was the case that that's what happened, then it would be trespassing. That's literally that's all it would be. Yeah. Just trespassing, which I've never been caught trespassing before in Ohio. I think it's a hundred and fifty dollar fine. Yeah, it is. It's a cheap and then, on my wrist. And then, obviously, you would have all the restitution and stuff to go along with it. But, Probably your hunting license ban and all that. But, yeah, no, they didn't even say anything about charges or anything like that. I, I know just as much as you do. So, isn't there a huge restitution for, like, per inch if you... Yeah, so yeah. I was reading on this earlier. If it was, like, over a 125, then it's, like, a dollar, like, something per inch of that. So, I mean, in your case, it'd be, like, what, like... I'm horrible at math, but it'll be thirty like, tens of thousands. Thirty-four thousand. Someone told me it was a thousand dollars an inch. No, no. Too high, so, yeah. Yeah. And if honestly, what they charge people, not to say that they shouldn't jail time would be the best thing to do. A fine is not going to it's just as easy as I'm not going to pay the fine. What are they gonna do? They're gonna throw you in jail? I mean that's all they could do, and I'm not even sure that's how it works with restitution. That'd be like a civil case. You're getting civilly sued. If you can't pay it, what's going to happen? It's probably going to go into your credit. You're not going to be able to rent or something like that again. But, um, I don't know where that math comes up from. Like, yeah, I guess it's the fee that they've deemed fit for stealing the animal. But if someone goes and plows into a doe right now, they're like, that's not the state's property. Mm. <laughs> I don't own that deer. So is there anything like, let's just take a step back for a second and say, let's say we believe CJ did this completely legit. Is there anything, is it just, I know you're going to get uh, absolutely plowed by the Ohio DNR in the state if they found you guilty. Is there anything you can do on the under end of this? Or is it just the resolution of this is you leave me alone and I get my deer back? If it comes out that they did all this illegally and wrongfully, I 100% could sue the state of Ohio. And the dude in North Carolina that's pursuing these charges for suing them and all the bullshit they put him through, he's going mm -hmm. for $2.5 million. But I'll be honest with you, man. 
I don't care about that money. I don't get me wrong. Money is nice. I could send my kids to college and stuff like that, but there's so much. I would rather have my pride, my name, and my respect. Money is something that you cannot take with you. Yeah, it's nice to have, but it don't make you no better than any other person. And don't fix the damage that has been done. No apology, no amount of money. It's just, it's more than, it's already been done. To me, there's nothing that you can do to fix it. So your ideal outcome is get your buck back and go along your way. Just yeah. leave it. Honestly. You wouldn't try to enter it into the uh, Boone and Crockett or anything like that? I mean, because I understand what you just said, like it ain't about that, but also you got to think from the deer's perspective. Like that deer yeah. grew that and it, I mean, to me, it deserves that record. To me, records are for the deer too. It's not oh, for 100%. you anyways. Yeah. yeah. Uh, That's why they have gross and net. I mean, gross I'll, is for the hunter and nets for the, nets for the books. I'll put it to you this way. Say I go get a panel scored by Boone and Crockett and they come back that they scored it a mainframe eight pointer and it's 172 inches because I believe it would be somewhere in the 170s range. And that's what it would get scored as, as a four by four. People are going to be like, it's a 172 inch deer. Like, why are you blowing this out of proportion? Do you think that's fair to that deer? I mean, it's literally, it's got the same inside spread as the Milo Hansen deer as 50 inches of mass and 32 inch main beams. But you're going to say it's a 170 inch deer. And I get, if it goes on the good side, that would be, hundred percent. I would want that for that deer. It deserves to sit up there, but is it fair for them to subjectively be like, this deer isn't that like y'all are tripping over nothing. It's 170 inch four by four. That's kind of a shot. If I get the deer back and everything goes right, it is the new world record for crossbow. Oh, it would be with a crossbow for, for BTR. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It beat it by like 40 inches. What, what is the archery? Record because Milo's wasn't an archery kill. I don't even know. Was it that, uh, like Illinois deer or something like that? I was like, had that huge club coming off the side of him or whatever, like that, a couple years ago. I know which one you're talking about. The non typical that was. Oh, you're thinking typical. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, typical. I think it's like somewhere in the low twos, like 202, 201. 204, the Mel Johnson buck is the world record. So your buck would be. Could possibly be net the world record archery buck if they consider it a crossbow archery. I don't know how it works. They don't. They, they don't. don't. No. They don't. No. Okay. Interesting. So that if that was shot with a vertical bow, it'd literally be the archery world record. Yeah. I could have I could have thrown a spear at him and killed him. <laughs> no wonder you don't need binos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have seven yards. My tree. You wouldn't need binos to see that thing. No. <laughs> Dude, I, I had a rangefinder in my front pocket right here. Didn't even pull it out. I don't. I don't Didn't typically use my rangefinder too either. Because if he's under twenty yards from me, I just use my twenty yard pin. And yeah. I, you can normally tell if a deer's under twenty yards or not. Like it's close. Speaking of the seven yard ordeal, did we touch on the shot placement yet? I forget the shot angle. No the angle. No. I think that would be good to kind of clear up as well. Yeah. So like the hunter guys, they said, and they were speculating. They never said for sure, but Jeremy said that. I think he's seen it locked down on a doe. First off, there's way too many security cameras on those businesses and way too many houses. If the DA's brother lives right there, you think he's not going to see someone stop and you would have to shoot it at night. There's definitely no way you're shooting it in the middle of the day right down the road from literally a school. Going to see a spotlight and you're never going to get that shot placement. I hit him literally probably two, three inch left leg. And it came out, you know where uh, it literally yeah. came out maybe two inches above that. 
So there's no way in the pictures I shared with you guys. Okay, so he was quartered to you a little bit, and you hit him back. It wasn't even so much he was quartered to me. It was the first place that I seen that I could make the best shot. So if I'm sitting there and he's on a clock, he's at my like 4.30-ish, maybe 5 o'clock. So mm-hmm. he was broadside, but he was kind of back to my, my right a little. I get you. Yeah. And like the pictures of him broadside laying dead that I'm holding him in the, my sister's property. You can't even see the broadhead hole. The only one you can see it in is the one the where I'm holding one. him. Yeah, yeah. because of the shot angle. There's no way you're getting that angle. And I had someone comment back to me. They're like, you could have been on top of a hill. I was like, what's that? Yeah. I'd had to shoot him out of a helicopter, like a <laughs> levitate. <laughs> Who am I? And if I shot it off the road, hell, I'd have to be driving the grave there. I'd have to have a monster truck. I'll actually play devil's advocate here. Because they said if I was to do this and he did kill it on here, this is how I would get in there. They said they would go through the dump through the city land to get back there. Well, there's city workers that drive all up and down there. And you can got you guys can look this up. There's literally been news articles about the coyote problems on the bike trail here in Wilmington. And there's been ODNR officers all up in back there. And there's no way you're walking with a crossbow in camo and hunting stuff down that bike trail or anywhere near there. And someone I'll be like, I'm calling the cops on this guy. Like, it just doesn't it doesn't make sense. It's not plausible. Literally. It's just not. What about the state land? The, I heard that in the Hunter podcast. I listened to the rebuttal. Like it's, there's state land three miles from there or something yeah, to that it's extent. Like three, three and a half miles from there. Yeah. Like that's not a that's not a possibility either in your mind. What do you mean? They were saying the, the Hunter. They were saying were like, if they would have shot him, that they would have right. took him took him there. Right. And, well, and staged yes. the scene. Yeah, or it could have been shot from there. But if like, you were gonna if you were gonna do that, that that wouldn't make much sense either. Because you got to think, I've been on state before. You guys have been on state before. That's not a very big piece of state property. Uh, I guarantee, guarantee you, me and Gabe could walk back there tomorrow, and we will find tree stands thirty yards apart from each other. Like people, I have a video of a guy hunting thirty yards from the road. I can just vouch on this. I'll send it to you after this, Christian. There's a yeah. there's literally so a guy if, in orange thirty yards up the road. Hunting. If they were criminals and they did that. There's some dumbass criminals that just don't make sense. <laughs> There's just too much. It just don't make sense. But I can, I don't know. I just think there would be pictures that would prove me being guilty if what they say is true. Whether it so, be from Lucas, whether it be from Larry's house cameras, whether it be from the cemetery cameras, church cameras, business cameras, like. You're telling me you don't have anything like that, but you have two knives and a stick. So let's hypothetically, let's say, let's back out and say Rick Johnson from Clinton County kills a 244-inch buck with his crossbow off the road and smoking gun location services know exactly where, where this guy did it. He obviously poached his deer. It's about as disrespectful as a thing as you can do to an, to an animal, especially a deer that's evaded people that long or has grown a rack like that it's so world-class and such an anomaly Dude, what is like if Sasquatch. yeah like if someone was to do that <laughs> yeah. what would what do you think they deserve what do you think is a good punishment for someone if they were to do that jail time man. you want to be so? honest with you jail time yeah I they mean, should go to jail i don't even think man yeah you can find them and yeah you should find them but there's just 
ways to avoid that? Like, what if they never pay the money back? What if they don't have the means to pay the money back? Well, I think the jail time to a sense would, would, would kind of be your, you'd lose your hunting privileges for a certain amount of time or indefinitely. Yep. And I mean, I think that's kind of where they go with it, but, uh, I don't know. That's, it depends on the severity of it. Um, I think this, like in this case, it's about as severe as you can basically go. I mean, it's as if you don't get that exists. Yeah. There's people that have been caught shooting 50 different deer. I mean, confirmed poached, shot off the side of the road with guns, get their hunting rights taken for two years. See, that's crazy. Let's, let's be realistic. If I go shoot, if someone goes and shoots a four corn and, and they get caught or let's say they don't get caught, nobody's coming to look for them. Nobody gives a damn. No, actually to touch on that Christian real quick, there's a Clinton County cop here. He shot, uh, I think it was a 10 point. And it was probably 130 inches. The landowners beside them seen him. It died on their property, 400 yards onto their property. He went, took a flashlight, grabbed it, drug it back on his property, checked it in, did everything legal and everything like that. They call ODNR. I think he had to pay a ticket. Got to keep the deer and everything. By law, technically, the right, the what they're supposed to do. Because if you kill this deer and it dies on the property, I don't care if you can reach over, grab its leg, and pull it onto your property. If you do not have that landowner's consent, you illegally um, transported transported the deer, yeah, um, or recovered it. Yeah. And they didn't do that to him and because of the size of the deer. And that's my biggest thing. Like they say, it's about conservation. I'm not saying that ODNR and stuff like that don't have its place, but... Mm-hmm. Let's not be dumb to the sense that if this was true, how good does that make them look? And that's what they want to be. And they should be innocent until proven guilty, but they're not not looking at it that way. They're trying to find every reason for me to be guilty, but not trying to find the reason not to be guilty. And I don't think that's fair to anybody in this world. No, and I'm not the judge, the jury, or the executioner. But if someone, like let's say there was a smoking gun and someone shot Let's say you did shoot that buck like that. I think the severity of the punishment should be about as severe as you can get for a wildlife violation. Yep. Jail time. I completely license, agree. All that stuff. And if, like you said, if you didn't do that, it doesn't matter one bit to you. That's that's hair, that's water that. off a turtle's back. But yeah. when you look at a deer like that, they're so rare and the specimen is so awesome that it's like you have to make an example of someone who shoots a buck like that. Yeah. It might. Because it might as well be its own like category of species and it's on like the extinction list. Like that's, yeah. that's, that's about, I think the, the hunter guys said, the perfect thing. they were like, it's like a prehistoric animal. It's like, I'm looking at a deer. Oh, that yeah. And when the dinosaurs were around, I mean, two thirty five and six, eight, seven, eight gross. <laughs> typical. That is unreal. If you see I the video, the that. video doesn't even look real of the deer. Like it looks like an AI generated video. It, it's just it, un, it's unbelievable. His greatest spread, so that would be from outside to outside, is like thirty one and six eighths inches. Really? It's literally, it's my whole arm. I can put couldn't my walk through the door my of my yeah. house. I can't. The like, doors in our apartment. I can't hold him out like this and walk through. Crazy. Won't fit. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, have you yeah. seen those mule deer videos where the muleys are like 30 inches wide and they have to go sideways yeah. go up under the thing and then oh, pull yeah. their head out again? Mm-hmm. That's that's exactly how it How big be. was his G2s? I have to ask that because those have to be unbelievable. Uh, his 1G2 is actually pretty short. Um, short, 13 inches. 
No. Uh, his, the his threes goal. were the long ones, right? Yeah. What uh, were his longest ones? Yeah, I guess that's what I'm interested his in. His G three on that side that was controversial. It was like fifteen and four eights or five eights, and the other side was thirteen and six eights. That's just crazy. And, uh, I think he had his next ones were also over ten inches. They were like twelve and and eleven. His G one two. I think it'd be his G four. It was like six. Brow tines were like six, which a lot of people don't know this. He had triple split brows. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yep. Yep. Triple split brows. Um, <laughs> a little kind of like kicker. That's probably was like that long. It was mo- almost like a drop tine. A little mm. bit of trash around the around the bases. His bases. I it was cool, yeah. He like spiraled down at his tips or whatever. That was really yeah. Cool. They hook hook down. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, then hook down. That was sick. <laughs> Unique as yeah. the book. That's and that's the thing. Like if people did have pictures of stuff of it in these places, there's no denying. There would be no that's denying a, that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's same there's, sure. there's too many characteristics that stand out. That I'm almost like speech like speechless about the whole situation because I don't know. Like Christian knows, I wouldn't call myself like like I wouldn't wear a tinfoil hat on my head at all times, but. I do believe there's a lot of shady stuff that goes on throughout, you know, like different industries and stuff like that. And I'm not saying that the hunting industry is like that by no means, but when it comes to money, I think there are some things to be kind of brought to light about certain situations or at least questioned, because if they're going to question somebody over a, you know, shooting a potential world record or for sure the Ohio state record shouldn't somewhat like, and it sounds kind of far-fetched, but shouldn't it, be just as likely to kind of question the way they run things with their, whether that be with the scoring system or, uh, uh, yeah, I guess basically wrap it up the the scoring system as a whole, which lead into like the record books and stuff like that. Yep. Yep. I also think too, like if it's so much about the animal and everything like that, of like, uh, if it is poaching, whatever like that, why aren't they like, taking why didn't they confiscate that 130 inch? Yeah, exactly. Why don't they put the same amount of effort into a 120 inch buck? And that's kind of my point with the stuff that I sent you guys in the group chat stating what some of these ODNR officers have been caught doing. Like, as big of a case as this is, would you want OJ Simpson investigating a murder trial? No, probably not. He wouldn't be a good candidate. Like, there's so many places and people that they could have used. And I just, it's weird that they picked the people that they picked for, it's without a doubt, the biggest deer case in Ohio history, if not the biggest one in modern social media. Oh, era. for sure. And it, it will be. It is the most shock I've ever seen on viscerally looking at a picture of a deer and being like, what the f- is that? I told him, he's like, what do you, like, what do you want for this deer? And I said, the legacy, man. I want him to be remembered because that's what an animal like, I, that's what an animal like that deserves, without a doubt. And when this all started happening, he was like, well, he said, you're going to get what you want. He said, it's going to have a legacy. He said, but you might be like Barry Bonds and have an asterisk beside your name for the rest of your life. And like I told you and like I've told other people that have put stuff out there in my defense, what if is what if everyone is wrong? What if I am innocent? Then what? Makes an ass out of you and me. Yeah. 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 I don't think it's fair at this point to say yes or no from the outside looking in. Yeah. And that was my biggest thing. And that's what I told you. And the fact that you were man enough to 
talk to me when I reached out to you to take it down and be like, okay. And my biggest point in that, and like I told the hunter guys, what if people that are watching this this stuff is on my jury? Like, oh, I've seen all about this. Like, this dude did this and did this. And they ignore all the facts completely. They're like, guilty. What are you saying? That's not fair to anyone. You wouldn't want that for your kids. You wouldn't want that for for anybody. Your brothers, cousins, nothing like that. It's, it's honestly not fair to me or my family. And more so my family. I mean, I give a shit less about me. But right. if I go out in Clinton County now and I have my kids and some dude wants to be all poaching piece of shit. The type of man I am, I'm going to say something. I'm, I'm a loud mouth. I mean, I'm just not going to put up with it. And that's not fair to them. That's They didn't choose that. And hell, I didn't even choose it. Unfortunate. Well, man, I, uh, I appreciate you telling your side of the story. Like I said, I think there's your story, DNR story, and the truth. And, I, you know, yours might be 99% of that. I, I have no idea. Um, and but as time goes, things will become like unveiled and you know the truth will arise hopefully 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 it's not like a mitch ron paula situation where you know oh i don't know let's just never that. revealed yeah yeah but uh i don't i don't see that happening just for the, the day and age it is but uh i don't know all i can say is uh next time you shoot your 200 incher the next one i guess be sure to just record they everything. should just have a role if you think that deer is 180 plus you have to legally call the dnr <laughs> they have to come out there and check it out and recover it with you and if not you're screwed because you're right i mean that's hindsight 2020 that's what i would have done so there's no telling what's going to happen i hope it's a good outcome Mo more than anything i hope that the truth is 100%. is came out whether that's for you whether that's against you um and you know selfishly i hope you sh i hope you shot the buck legally because it's an awesome deer yeah and I don't know if we'll ever see a specimen like that again. Like we said, records are meant to be broken, so I hope yeah. we do. But I don't know if we will. Absolutely. My biggest worry, man, is I'm sure you guys have heard about this. The Murdoch cases in South Carolina. Mm -hmm. You guys ever heard about that? No? This dude's family has been DAs, prosecutors since the 1900s. Alec Murdoch is his name. His son got in a really bad boat wreck. He was very wealthy. Families were suing a young girl died in this boat wreck, and they were drunk. Why happening? Alec Murdaugh ended up killing his son, Paul, and his wife, Maggie, and was convicted guilty of this. But before all this had happened, this man, because of his prestigious status, almost like a Robert status, but obviously they're not involved being a DA for generations on generations. Mm -hmm. But he was an attorney, and he had stole over $10 million from people that were getting in crashes and getting settlements and stuff like that. And he was writing checks to himself and he'd give them a little bit of money, but be like, that's all we got. And people started catching on. And that's why he did what he did to kill his son and wife. Almost like, man, poor me, my, my son and my wife just got murdered. They don't know who did it and try to play the system until he could not play the system anymore. And if it was not for that boat crash, that his son Paul got in, that he eventually ended up murdering. Who's to say he doesn't die and no one even knows about all that money he stole from people? I mean, people whose family members had died. He's like, I'm here to help you. And because of his status, no one would even think, like, oh, Mr. Myrtle is a great, outstanding citizen in a small town. He's got a good name. He's always had a good name. And that's my biggest worry, man, because with money and power, you'd be surprised what's possible in this world. Anything. Yeah. If OJ can get ruled innocent, 
Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I all I know is Hunter Biden's laptop was BS, and they <laughs> <laughs> that's what I know. Uh, I would hope it was killed legal because I want to freaking see the thing in person. That's just what I want to do. Shit, so. if they got it in the courtroom, you best believe I'm going to grab a hold of that son bitch. <laughs> yeah, one last time. I'll take a picture with it. That's honestly that's my biggest thing. I tell them my back, I won't sue the state of Ohio, but I want a public apology on a news station with me and with you. And I won't sue. Just that public embarrassment. Yes, it should be investigating stuff like that, but me personally, I believe there's been wrongdoing and political Absolutely. pull. And there should be consequences. For that, just as much as if I was guilty, there should be consequences for me. Yeah, absolutely. I, agree. I mean, I've heard I've heard you talk about it. Uh, you've mentioned God many times, and I've I went to a service one time at my church, and they were saying uh, for people that have cancer, people that have illness, you may not see healing on this side of Earth, right? You may not see truth or justice on this side of the Earth, but there will be. Yeah. In the end, if you believe that, there will be. 100%. So even if it's even if it's not right. You'll see it somewhere else. Absolutely maybe not true. now, but Dude, and I believe that to be true. God's plan is always. We want to believe and mold it to what our how you would say outlooks on life are. Like I want it to turn out like this, this, and this. And when things get hard, people kind of take it away from God. And right now, I'll still tell you all the glory to God. Maybe He wants me to be a vessel and all this, and to bring some stuff to light. Maybe that was the purpose of this deer. I don't claim to know, but. I know I killed that deer 100% legally, and I will give the glory to God till the day I die. And I'm not your typical Christian. I do cuss. I do sin. I, I do a lot of things, and I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. But I don't. I believe it's your character, your morals, how you represent yourself, how you treat other people, and stuff like that. I don't think it's. I like going to church. I try not to cuss. I try not to say certain things. But in the end, we're all human. We all make mistakes. Now that we had time to uh, kind of take a little break after the podcast and like collect our thoughts, what's your whole view of the situation? I would hate to be in CJ shoes. <laughs> Dude, that ain't no joke. That I know no that. Joke. That makes people not want to shoot, or at least me not want to shoot a 200 inch. Or if I did, you better have all your T's crossed and eyes dotted. I'd have my 240 inch rack tucked in the bed with me, and I'd be like, <laughs> "Keep bringing on the hate, baby. I can turn these notifications off." Yeah. No. Like we've been doing this long enough on the podcast and just on social media in general to know exactly what people are going to say. And like, we know that people are going to say, we think you guys should have been harder on him. We think you should have called him a poaching POS. We think you should have buried him in the dirt that he stands on. And I think we have a little bit of a different perspective on it is one is we're both believers. So we don't believe in treating people that way. Even if someone was guilty, do I think, uh, what I hate on somebody for being a poacher and I think they should go to jail and be fined and have their hunting license taken away. Yeah, absolutely. Consequences. consequences. I believe in consequences, but the reality of this situation is we don't know. So mm-hmm. we're just going to treat that as someone who we just don't know. Just like we treat someone fairly that else that come on the podcast. We have a lot of people come on the podcast and the reality is I have no idea if those people poach those deer. And so I'm going to treat them exactly the same as I would someone uh, like CJ. And if he did this, mm-hmm. Good riddance. And if he didn't, you know, like we can still hang our head high and say we, you know, we were firm and asked him good questions, but we at least treated him the way we would want to be treated. That Yeah. And you hit it perfectly. But I mean, yeah, just like 
we know there are going to be people that's like, oh, hey, he was a little iffy on this, kind of like the question I brought up earlier about, you know, if you knew what you had at the time with that buck laying between the two ponds, like, and you knew what could potentially occur, how come you didn't take those precautions? But at the same time, like, I've never shot a 200-inch deer. You've never shot a 200-inch deer. There ain't no telling what this guy's thinking, you know, yep. in that in that moment. Like, I'm sure he got a little bit in awe. But with that said, like, you, I mean, at least for us, what you just now mentioned on, I mean, at least me, I want to like try to get people to benefit of the doubt, you know, where, mm -hmm. so like, I'm like, yeah, he answered my question. Am I really going to like say, Oh, Hey, you didn't know, but, and have him explain himself or like what he was feeling in that moment. I mean, I don't think that's necessary. And I think that kind of could go on every question that like we tried to ask him. The first video that I made, I think was super unfair in the way that like, it was very accusatory and spoken absolutes. And right. so the that's the last thing I wanted to do on the podcast. And that doesn't mean that it's like, Hey, I'm going to apologize to you. I am going to apologize for the way I was, but I'm not going to treat you any less fair or treat you softly because I did something that was wrong. I'm still going to do what I think is right, which is ask you the questions that everyone wants to know, but I'm not going to be like, you're a toolbox, by the way, tell me about the property. Like right, I'm not going to do right. it in that way. That's not any way to have a conversation. And if you ever have a conversation with someone like that, I guarantee you're not going to have a two hour one like we just did. I think there's a way to ask somebody something and get an answer without being a toolbox, which is what we tried to do. And you really don't need to be, especially if we don't know what's going to out like, like the outcome of this. What was your before and after thoughts? I guess I should say that's a better question. Beforehand, I was like, there's no way that I'm going to be convinced that this wasn't poached because the evidence that I had heard, which is very different than, yeah, than I think what actually transpired, uh, was kind of smoking gun. I'm like, there's no way there's too many things that don't add up. You're not going to talk me out of this right now. I would, I don't know. Like I just, there's things in both sides that just don't That's add up. You don't bring your phone. You don't take daytime pictures of it. That makes no sense to me. And then there's also stuff like the stuff he was saying with the the Ohio DNR guys coming in and not taking seat uh, the guy's cell phone that they were called out has there for, the pictures of the buck for complaints or allegations or something. And again, they don't want to be like they don't want to know that he's under investigation, but still at the same time, like take a few pictures. I, I if 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 I had that situation and like let let's say I get stopped or something or I have a fender bender and if someone takes pictures like that's not that's not anything out of the normal like that's his job and like we should i mean you would think someone would be able to respect that in a way i don't know it just, again it just doesn't add up and that's why i'm gonna wait to see like it's a total like wait and see situation what what do you think is it you in the same doesn't add up camp but i don't I know mean, yes or no the thing about it is i learned a lot today through through the the phone call he had with us and then the pictures and all that stuff, which I'm sure you're going to overlay on the post-production side of it. But there's a lot of new information that, that has been absorbed in my brain and just knowing what I know from, from, from both sides of it. It's like, this just seems like a big O. I mean, it's just a merry-go-round, honestly. It's like, I don't, hopefully it's not like, we're going to figure it out. It ain't going to be like the Mitch Rompala situation. Cause that's where immediately where my brain goes is like, Hey, it's we'll up there know. with the top dogs, you know, it's competing, but I just feel like in today's age, like I don't think the people would allow that. I don't think people are going to take that. They're going to want to know poacher or not. Mm -hmm. And 
I think we'll get there. If and if not through, I think purely you could get there through purely social pressure, like on people wanting to know. So I guess we'll see. Only time will tell. But um, you know, I think there's a right and a wrong way to ask somebody a question, whether they're guilty or not. And I hope we did that justice today. So right. that's where I'd probably leave it. That will uh, we'll catch you guys in the next one. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Make sure to subscribe. Jesus, love you. Bye.